Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 80. We are back in the basement to talk about another week of wrestling. I am your host, and with me is my co-host and teenage son, Jackson. Say hello, Jack. I just realized we're like really close to 100. Well, not like really close, but like pretty close. Which is pretty crazy. Uh, I gotta start thinking of ideas. For a 100th episode celebration of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta do something. Well, it's been a pretty interesting week in our household this week. Mostly yeah, because uh, of f- fellow men. <laughs> that you. I am suffering mightily and am in constant pain every day, all day mm-hmm. right now. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Seems I don't like mean. you got like a new sleeping arrangement every day. I do much. try. I have not been able to lie down or stand up straight for, I don't know, we're going on, what, five days? Some low back pain has exploded yeah, into... Yeah, so you're either sitting or hunchback. Yeah. Some low back pain has exploded into some nerve issues radiating through my hip and leg mostly now which is numb and on fire at the same time if i stand up or lie down so this could be an interesting podcast because i'm going off about four or five nights of sleeping sitting up i.e i.e not sleeping so my levels of exhaustion are extreme so hopefully i will be coherent throughout this podcast but i might not make sense at points we'll see it could be fun for the listeners to see me completely incoherent but luckily the chairs that are down here in this studio are actually quite comfortable for me right now so touch wood i am pain-free at the moment but that never lasts long so i don't know (laughs) x-rays came back normal so that means it's not no slip discs or vertebrae or out of line or anything so best guess is sciatica which is nerve pain is no joke people if that's what this is and i'm pretty sure it is i can tell you that that uh, nerve pain is something special because i've dealt with some pretty painful sports injuries before including uh, a ruptured Achilles. You should have waited till July to do this. That would have been funny, actually. <laughs> and I think pound for pound, this might be the most pain I've been in, right? Like I can't, I can kind of walk a bit now. It's getting a bit more upright as the day go, days go by. So uh, hopefully just rest and I'm starting some physiotherapy mm-hmm. on Monday that will get oh. me hopefully back to normal. Cool. But, yeah, cool. What are um, you going to do on Tuesday? Because we go It's a back regular a school day? Yeah, it's I don't weird. know. We'll figure, see how I feel by then. Yeah, I've been pretty much off the last few days, so Thank, that, that's ve- fun. Very thankful we live in Canada for our um, health care being covered, right? Because as I'm right. making friends with uh, an American right now, Bark, who we're, we're sort of starting a new podcast together. Um, Ooh, plug. We would have to have insurance if we lived in the States. Otherwise, none of this would be covered. So not only is all of my it's gonna bankrupt you. trips to the doctors and all the x-rays are completely free, my physio is also covered through my work. So I am a very lucky person. Despite being in some immense pain, things could be a lot worse. So we're going to try and persevere and get through this podcast as we would any week. So yeah, I don't know. You, What's new with you? You went got some extra days off work because as we talked about before, they canceled exams for high school students. Yes, sir. Due to the stress you guys are under in your lives, right. I guess. And so then we were stuck home for those five days. So I, I went to school a total of two times. Right. And then because you were caught up in all of your courses. Oh, Tuesday was the best. I went to school and I could not have possibly done less. It was even better because you're in pain. So we just played dodgeball the whole time. <laughs> and that I was, sat there and tried to not That was the only suffer. time I was anticipating doing something. Right. Yeah, so you basically, if you're caught up in your courses, you don't need to go because they set aside one day for each of your courses for people to come in and right, get caught and up. I think which Monday you didn't is also one, and then it Tuesday is. is normal. And then Tuesday is a bazaar, even though the semester is done and like final assignments are in and everything. We have to go back on Tuesday for one quote unquote yeah, regular school day. I don't so get it. We'll see how that goes. But anyways, enough about my exciting life and suffering. You got some snowboarding in yesterday, right? Yeah, we're still living off the 
giant amounts of snow we got a couple of weeks ago because it's been cold enough to retain it. Um, supposed mm-hmm. to be like minus 33 here today, your mother was telling mm-hmm. me. I have not seen the outside world in... Actually, that's not true. For the x-ray appointments, I was <laughs> right. outside sort of um, hobbling mm-hmm. around, walking around like I'm, you know, 85 years old. It's a good time, but... Mm-hmm. Hopefully signs of progress yesterday seems a bit better. So I'm hoping things continue yeah. to improve. Anything mm-hmm. else you wanted to banter about before I... Um, well, no, we got Royal Rumble tonight. So that's pretty awesome. We do. So um, we'll do a little quick preview. We are going to preview that. Later yeah. on. Um, um, and I feel like kind of like... I, I have been looking forward to this for a bit because it's, it's the Royal Rumble. I love fun, the Rumble. Right? Generally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, last year, I feel like kind of soured me because... A, Thunderdome, B, Edge. Oh, God, Thunderdome. Um, yeah. But I think this year we're going back to normal. Edge is not in the Rumble. He's in a pointless mixed tag. Yep. Um, And so, yeah, there's going to be crown stuff. So that'll be cool. Um, I think we're going to get Nacho stuff. We are going to get Nacho cool. stuff. Oh, can you text um, your mother? This is great content. But can oh, you yes, text her to get, to get taco sauce? Because I don't know if I put that yeah. on the list. All righty. But yeah, we're going to do the nacho tradition. It might be your mother making it. I'm going to try because I feel like the more I move around, maybe the more things will loosen up. So I may try to make the nachos tonight. If your mom will let me, she's been sort of a single mom of three kids at this point, right? Yeah, you've Basically, become one of us. I have become, I'm more useless than the two of you by far and at I this point. I am pretty useless and I take pride <laughs> in that fact. Appreciate your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, I don't know. I, I figure we could move into talking about some wrestling. What do you think? Mm-hmm. So that being said, we'll move into our first segment, which is taking a look at some of the week's uh, wrestling, specifically news and rumors. So taking a look at the week's ratings, as we tend to start out with, uh, Tuesday's live edition of WWE NXT 2.0 drew 593 viewers, up a whopping 1.02%. Wow. A slight, the smallest of upticks, and earned a 0.14 in the 18 to 49 demographic, which is up a considerable 27.27%. And I thought for a change, we would look back exactly one year to the ratings. So NXT viewership from that exactly one year ago today is down 17.6%, and the key demographic is down 33.3%. So... Slightly sucks now. Slightly up from last week, but very much down from the what black and gold they're referring to that era now, right? So the um, good times. I will be talking about NXT again this week. I did watch it, so we'll get to a bit of a review. I didn't hate the show this week, which is nice to say, and about as good a no, thing you, as you I. You should be hating it. Well, you saw a little bit, right? So I still hate it. <laughs> you do. And then Wednesday's live beach break edition of AEW Dynamite got a nice number which of very nice one point one million viewers, so up six point five nine percent. Earned a 0.41 in the key demo, which is down 6.81%. It was their best audience since their September 29th episode, and 1.1 million viewers overall is a pretty good number, I think, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. I I thought it was a pretty good show, to be honest. Uh, I quite enjoyed parts of it, for sure. Uh, What do you have for us? Um, So, uh, another requested WWE release kind of following uh, Ali. I heard Um, one. I don't know if it's the same one or not. It's Kendrick. It was the Kendrick, yes. Yeah. Which, I mean, he doesn't really do anything. But, that but it's interesting then, why anything. does he, you know what I mean? I'd love to know why he wants a release. Because when it's in-ring talent, I understand. I miss not being... Brian Kendrick. A, he was cool. B, he had a good theme. C, he had cool finishing. He was the first heel you liked, right? I think. I think him and then the Usos were when really you, cool. You... And then Neville. When you started to evolve as a wrestling fan and realized heels are cool. or Yeah, it was Kendrick, then Neville, then probably Usos. Because 2017 was awesome for those did you hear not that it's um just going back to a previous request for release that 
Ali, apparently, there was some storyline that Vince wanted him to do that he strongly disagreed with and had issues with. Shocker. Leads me to believe it was something, like, racially stereotypical mm, sure. or something, right? Like, what yeah. else could it be or something? I would definitely not put it past them. That sounds like something they would definitely do. And I can confidently say, without knowing any details or specifics, I am firmly on Ali's side on that. Right? Like, yeah, I saw a thing he posted. He's like, I do not want to be in the rumble. I want, to, I want to be released or whatever. I'd be really interested to see where he goes and what he does after. Because I, I quite like him. I think he did used to be on the... I didn't even know him before the Cruiserweight Classic, right? right? But I think he was indie. Um, I don't see him going to AEW or something, which sucks because I think he's really good, but I don't know. Andy's a good promo. Like, he's underrated in pretty much every aspect, I think right? he didn't deliver some solid promos when he was Retribution yeah. guy, but that sucks. So. That's not his, That was what was written for him, right? Um, yeah. Apparently, your favorite, Ronda Rousey, is reportedly returning to WWE imminently yeah, I saw, is the headline um, I saw. Yeah, I think um, Meltzer reported that she signed another one-year deal, which I think was the, the right. thing last time, and she's said she's probably going to return tonight. Right, so they said as soon as tonight, not necessarily in the Royal Rumble match, but possibly or possibly oh, in, I an, know what she's gonna in an do. angle after the match. I know what she's going to do. She's going to come after the Rumble and... Point at the WrestleMania sign. Just point just at point it. Just point away. That's yep. that's what she. That's how she debuted. It she is sign pointing season. So, has anyone pointed it yet? Is. I don't I don't, think I'm not so. I, up. Uh, the pointing is going to begin. This. So get your fingers ready, folks. Get but the... um, I, I think she was. She she did get good for especially given her experience. Yeah, but she's, I think she's so no Shayna Baszler. She did uh well for what they wanted her to do, and I think she was really effective in the role they put her in. Like. And she was a huge name at the time, right? Oh, I don't know if she still she is or not. With but... Baszler. Although I saw a thing like she's going to, her main match will not include Charlotte Flair. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. Well, I mean, I think everyone just assumes whatever the biggest storyline is, they'll just I shove Charlotte in there. If Becky reigns until Mania, we go with that because yeah. we never really got that match, I think. I don't, because remember it turned into the triple threat with Charlotte. Right. Because Charlotte. Or I would love uh, her versus Baszler. Yep. Although Baszler would probably have to do the Dream job, on Baszler in a in an important match. Good yeah. luck with that. Yeah. What else do you have for us? Um, so Big E made an appearance on SmackDown last night, or I think it might have been last week. I don't know. I think it was because King Woods was supposed to return, but he's going to be out for a couple more weeks. That's what I saw too. I use the term King very loosely because right. that means nothing now. It's nothing. very apparent. Um, and he's been traded to SmackDown after a tag victory last night alongside Kofi against Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin. Um, personally, he was one of the favorites to win the Rumble for me. Yeah. But now they've kind of shifted him in this very low spot, just like after like less than a month of yep losing the title. So and traded for nothing. Uh, I have no idea. It's one of those like um just not known who, excuses. It's like baseball. I don't know if other places do it too, but I know baseball does. It's a player to be named later. Right. So it's like, and it's and, just I don't know. It just feels like I they don't really have they don't really want to push him a lot anymore. No. So I don't. It's I, like they. I kind of moved him down my picks. They completed the experiment, and somebody wasn't happy with it, unfortunately. Which I thought it was he was doing pretty well, like, all but things considered. Considered how they booked him, I thought he was fine, too. Yeah, I and mean... And he checks they didn't all give the him boxes. Time to, yeah, he's, like, look at him, and he's a Vince guy. And the worst, they, they could they could have done him the decency of dropping the title and having someone else, but they literally had Brock pin him in the five way. Right, there's, like, yes. three other people right. not named him that he could pin. Actually, yeah. too. He so, I, I don't know. It just makes me laugh because it's all this talk of like, we have the draft and that's when everyone changes 
teams and then we have survivor right. series which and is the Biggie only time he was on smackdown before the draft right. so then he just went to raw and now he's back on smackdown because right now we get the new day so it's just i don't know it's it's silliness but and that is what's also happening. for me is if biggie's single run went the way it did which i think he has the best chances of the new day guys right what yeah well, I would what's say so. woods gonna do honestly like they give him the king of the ring for what just so then he gets something like because i mean Kofi had a solid run, and then Biggie's run was not great, but I think he had the best chances. So, like, Woods is probably not going to Maybe Vince anything. wants to bring a trios title before AEW does it. <laughs> just to say he did the yeah, first. Yeah, just to be like, they're copying I us. Find it Even hard though to I believe, don't acknowledge they exist, I find it hard us. to believe that he has any interest in that kind of title. because no, he hates he tag doesn't teams. like tag team wrestling. Right. You think he wants to add two more people right. into those? Like, exactly. I highly doubt I, it. I highly doubt it. I mean, I, I like it, but uh, at the same time, I don't see many factions other than New Day bloodline that's it pretty much speaking of smackdown apparently a whole bunch of nxt people were all at last night's smackdown i have no idea if they appeared on the show because i don't watch that garbage but i don't they think were, they did I they were there seen. so it was tomaso champa io shirai dakota kai roderick strong and la knight who mm-hmm. i've heard knight oh, right i saw that earlier in the week I I've, I've heard knight will be gone to main roster sooner that than later surprise me he feels very much made rusty. Yeah, I think he'll probably do better there, if anything. And I won't be sad to see him go, to no. be honest. He, it's funny, because I used to like him, but me now too. he kind of lo- bugs I me. I thought Eli Drake was great. I loved Eli Drake's theme. I thought it was cool. And now he kind of annoys me. But anyways, uh, yeah. anything else? That is all I have. Okay, uh, let me look. Um, so WWE management is reportedly high on the Creed Brothers. Yes. Vaughn, Stupid Wagner. Of course. And Zion Quinn, with the Creed Brothers seeing as potential WrestleMania headliners. And I saw what was it they were comparing? They are comparing Julius, Julius to, to Kurt Angle. Easy now. That's a bit That's, aggressive, but how? Help me to understand. How can you be high on Von Wagner in any capacity? He's big. He's really big. Okay, but if you're looking at his performance <laughs> and a second generation talent, which they is love. He? Yes. He, who's he? Isn't he? Wasn't he? I uh, could be wrong, but I thought he was Wayne Bloom's kid. He is Cal Bloom. So yes. So yeah. There you go well he's like if you're looking at his performance in what capacity is he he's awful in the ring he's worse on the mic he's i don't think he's awful in the ring i think he he's sucks. basic in the ring i would say he's basic um but they're gonna just with robert stone so they just love his size he's so bad he's the worst and zion quinn's not that interesting creed brothers do have potential but i find it hard to believe they'll separate them they love those brother teams quinn and wagner have the look they want right they're big and that's they're gonna carry them through but then if we're going by that logic, what the hell that happened with Big E? Big E has exactly. the look they want. And he and has he's, charisma. And he's good. I know. He has everything. I, I don't know. know what their problem is. They're just going to waste him away sort of thing. Yep. And comparing Julius to Angle is insane just if because... Angle was Angle. And for me, Julius might get amazing in the ring. They're already pretty good. Obviously, they have that amateur background. But character-wise and on the mic-wise, Kurt Angle is like an all-timer in my book, and Julius has shown zero, um, not I don't want to say zero ability there, but zero potential to be on Kurt Angle's level in those departments, so I think that's a pretty right. hasty comparison if to Von make. If Wagner gets a big push and Biggie's title run is just done at that, like Biggie gets nothing else, I'm going to be so pissed because Von Wagner is the epitome of garbage. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. I don't think he's garbage, but I don't think he's... He is wrestling He's not garbage. very not very interesting, for sure. He is bad. Any other news from you? Um, Last one was WWE reportedly wants Jeffrey Hardy back. I did see They've that. They've made a play to bring him back in the past few weeks. Um, uh, Apparently, like, Laura Knight has contacted him with an offer including a Hall of Fame induction. Ooh. Like, cool. <laughs> right. Wasn't someone... 
didn't they inter- induct something someone weird last year i feel like or like i think um because of the warrior award or whatever technically titus o'neill is a hall of famer yes so, of course he is. He did also, fall under the ring so coming is, down to the ring, yeah, which was amazing. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, so is Coco Beware, and I think Donald Trump still, so. I heard um, someone randomly talking about that when Titus fell and saying, like, which I never really thought about. Imagine if they had, like, the hard LED panel sides on the ring or whatever. Like, he could have seriously hurt himself. Oh, my right? God. Right. Yeah, like, he yeah. got lucky that he, they were using a ring skirt, and he yeah. just slid underneath. Because they, they, and now what they usually do, I think they used to only have the LED apron on the hard cam, but now they, they or at least I know they did. I don't know if they still do. They usually have the, L, so, like, say you're looking at the hard cam, right? They yeah. have the LED apron on the hard cam side right. and on the entrance stage side. And I think it's ring skirt, ring skirt on the other two sides. So he would so have they, like right. broken an arm, separated his shoulder, or smashed his head off of it, depending how he went under <laughs> Yeah, it. luckily it was just humorous. Yeah, it sounds to me like... And Hardy did turn it down. Yes, he turned it down. It sounds to me like they're a little bit nervous about Hardy going elsewhere and maybe reuniting with his brother, which I don't... Oh, they already are. I don't want to see they're it. They're already but... in, that, in the process of that. I don't think it's anywhere major, but yeah. they are... I think they do have some sort of reunion thing. I don't really um, as want As long it, as but... it's not an AEW, I don't care. Right. Uh, is that it for news that for you? That is it. All right. So let's transition into talking about some actual wrestling from the week. And we're going to start out taking a look at this week's uh, Beach Break edition of AEW Dynamite. Um, and so our opener is the ladder match for the tnt championship but also the interim tnt championship they're the same belt it's to the same belt which always makes me laugh and the fact we've kind of thought it was a bit silly that the interim was what a two or three week thing Mm -hmm. um they're calling the undisputed tnt title for this match i think cody was never going to be out long and i think they knew that but they still for whatever reason felt compelled to have an i always enjoy when someone gets to hold two belts but they're the same belt even though it's not a tag team title and you we know. were pretty confident the match would be enjoyable, but we thought the the story coming into it was a bit silly, but right. that's like, okay. I we like can... it when, like, Razor had it or, like, Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn had it in 2020, like, just two of the same belt. And it's just, it's funny. <laughs> I, I like guess it. so, if you say so. Um, Yeah, and uh, I would describe it as a pretty epic spot-filled opener. There was a lot of big boy spots. There were. I thought it was interesting. Sammy had was already in the ring eh? he didn't even get both of them an intro. so i think it was just one of those like the show is packed so they don't have time especially for cody's like 18 minute entrance or whatever right there's no t- <laughs> there's no time for that but anyway exactly. sorry go ahead mm-hmm. um so there's notables that there's like a sammy did, did like the sammy did like the usual double leap prog and then the corkscrew drop kick um cody bridged a ladder from the corner of the apron so right next to the ring post of the barricade that would come into play later <laughs> one detail um, i liked early on was that when sammy was climbing the ladder he actually was climbing it quickly you know what i mean like instead of like acting like taking 20 seconds on each rung he was kind of flying up the ladder which i thought was a detail a lot of ladder matches don't have mm-hmm. a lot of the ref holding ladders in this but i have no problem with that yeah to that's... keep everybody safe because every ladder in this match was pretty humongous right so i have no problem with them keeping people safe by refs holding ladders right it doesn't bother me um, after a brawl in the crowd, Cody closes on Sammy over the barricade to ringside area, but Sammy comes back and jumps over the barricade, kind of hits like an iffy cutter. 
Yeah, um, it's like it's like Cody didn't quite want to go face first onto the floor, which I can appreciate, but it was like a slow motion cutter at, as soon as he made contact with Cody, right? It did look a bit strange, but I don't it's not a big deal to me. Yeah. Um then Guevara hit Cody with a ladder to knock him off the apron. And then Cody later on hits a superplex from the top of the ladder, which is pretty nice. Like Ridiculous. Humongous superplex. Like a delayed vertical, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was and nice. And then um, later on, he suplexes, drops him like a gourd buster on the hinge of the ladder. Which I don't think like, I've seen done down. before. I think I've seen that maybe like once or twice. So the ladder's upside down, open like a V. And they, and I think Excalibur mentioned that. I didn't even think of it, but that must like, that could pinch you a lot. Absolutely. Get front like suplexed hell. on an open ladder. Yep. Yeah, that that's pretty insane. Um... And then uh, as Cody's climbing to get the titles, Guevara just like leapfrogs, jumps off of the top of another ladder to hit a super cutter, which Ridiculous. is just awesome. Yeah, that was incredible. I didn't expect that. Later on, there's a crossroads off the ladders by Cody, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Because Guevara like took it as high as he could, I think, yep. without killing himself. It looked awesome. That so was pretty insane. Then uh, Guevara does his best impression. Jeff Hardy does a swanton off the top of the ladder onto the ladder bridge but the ladder bridge does not break it looked very painful for that everybody. just makes it look worse because like the ladder bridge breaking is probably one of the, the most satisfying things in wrestling for and me it probably gives a bit it's of relief cool. to them right right rather than it not giving at all yeah I that, think that would hurt like more. Co- like sammy just kind of like knocked off like and then sammy the finish comes and sammy uses the titles like he hits cody off of the ladder with the titles and sammy actually wins which yeah. is kind of surprising to me it's funny we have almost exact all the same notable spots other than um you didn't mention that for some reason cody's good friend they say that fuego's good friends of both of them involved and then cody ends up killing him right with uh what did he, he hit him with the j driller did he i think uh, right away yeah, I think so. to his good like any good baby face does right your friend runs out as they tell us his good friend and he kills him but anyways um yeah this match was pretty crazy and despite like i said we were complaining about the interim belt being created for that short period of time this was an excellent match as we kind of expected it would be right yeah the pace was awesome right from the beginning and the entire way through like there was no let up in here really there was no extended times of people setting things up it didn't feel like and then you got like several just insane, I thought, creative spots that were pretty much executed perfectly, right? There was no major botches or any sort of sloppiness in this. Um, and for me, at least, I don't know about you, I was surprised by the winner. I just assumed Cody was going to retain here. So I thought Sammy showed a ton of fire in this. Cody was excellent walking the line between a baby face because there were times where he was interacting with the crowd, right? And warning them to get out of the way at one point and like high-fiving them in another point and then sort of also doing some heel things like taking out Fuego as soon as he came out. But I mean, overall, this was an excellent opening match. And both of these guys should be proud. They they were clearly willing to do anything in this, right? They pretty much killed themselves in this one. Um, so I hope Sammy's title run this time is a little more interesting. They need to somehow get more character development going with him and not just him holding um, Bristol board messages during a commercial break. They need I to do something more with him. I think he should carry both belts around as a two title, one or two belt, one title, same title belt thing. You do love the two belts. I think it'd be You funny. did look cool wearing them both. And this was a great start to the show. I don't think yes. there's much denying that. Um, We did expect it to be good. Definitely delivered. I think it started out kind of slow. And we could have done without the crowd ball, um, in my opinion. But once it got going, it was great. There were a lot of amazing spots. I definitely like 
had some strong reactions or gasped a few times because it was just Same. sick. Which is hard for us because we've seen everything at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, both of them did a great job here. Um, I especially got to get props to Sammy. I think took most of the bumps, even like hitting the cutter. That takes like, a, he just takes a big back bump. That might have been my favorite um, I think spot. he took the biggest beating. I think so too. It, it was really crazy. cool. Uh, diving and the ladder bridge not breaking, that has to hurt too. You never expect that to happen either, right? You always probably go into, the mind, go into it with the mindset, oh, it's just going to like give. I feel like they should have gotten a better gimmick ladder <laughs> maybe they didn't want um one. and also uh props to aw for putting on a great opener but also surprising result which i don't think yeah they can pull off a lot because i definitely expected cody to win because sam is just Same. an interim champion really and I, he his title run was like okay and fairly recent but um i'm already sammy winning he just needs to drop it to one of the many year guys and then the men of the year guys beat up lambert for no reason at all they just beat him up i guess i could have put it in my news but i did see a little thing that everybody involved in beach break came out okay mm. considering there were some big spots in this show um we'll oh, talk right. about the other ones later but um yeah that nobody was really injured and everyone came yeah. out of it okay which um, is good i feel like some people could call this one a spot fest but i i wouldn't but even so <laughs> what a spot fest yeah when the spots are amazing and stuff that you don't see a ton and for me it wasn't people hitting people with stuff it was incorporating things into maneuvers that's the stuff i enjoy mm -hmm. anyone can sure. hit somebody in the back with a chair but not everybody can springboard cutter off of like a 20 foot ladder or whatever yeah, that was right that was so sweet. yeah it was good mm -hmm. uh next we get a quick interview with team taz with shivani and they're outside for some reason on a beach question mark even though someone in like the second row or whatever of the show has a sign that says there is no beach in cleveland i think it said or something <laughs> it's like something like oh, cleveland awesome. we have no beaches oh, yeah, I or forgot something to mention it was disappointing there was no gargano in sight no there was not but yeah they're, they're outside in the cold for this interview yeah uh tony says it's freezing and hobbs tells him to man up i accidentally wrote hob just just singular yep, just one hob, hob just one hob, he's half yep. the man he used to be <laughs> exactly <laughs> um Hobbs says every dog has their day and martin got lucky and challenges martin to a third match cool all right uh stark says lethal got a week off and he hasn't forgotten about his challenge i don't know what he's referring to so he challenges lethal to an ftw title match highest uh, prestige i'd forgotten about lethal too week. a little bit i don't even know what challenge he's referring to <laughs> that's funny because you're usually the detail man i was counting on you for that i don't understand i vaguely remember an interaction between the two i, but I don't still i don't even remember that i thought it was a final pro nothing amazing hobsmer in three fine cool yeah. i guess and lethal versus stark should be a decent match except i probably won't watch it i feel like i remember an encounter between lethal and starks at ringside or something i don't but i could be wrong at all yeah i thought both of these guys did all fine I remember is lethal interfering in the match right last week two weeks ago they were know. both fine here and obviously it makes sense for starks to say more than hobbs um i'm just not very interested in these guys again they get a whole bunch of tv time but they never really seem to accomplish anything of substance right like sure ricky starks has a made-up belt but that's it right and they don't win too often and i don't know so they get a lot of time and don't do much so i thought this was fine but whatever Mm -hmm. and hobbs um, martin three okay sure. yeah that's something yep uh next we get wardlow versus two jobbers forgot their names because who cares i didn't get them either mm. i have wardlow versus jobbers officially in my notes sorry boys and a handicap squash wardlow takes them both out chucks the one guy uh that that's that's how i'm saying the one guy uh wardlow power bombs the one guy and then power bombs the other guy three times before going back to power bombing the first guy right and then wardlow power bombs one guy onto the other guy and stacks them for the win 
Yeah, and Spears didn't get involved in this, right? No, did, um, he did not. I guess this was like a palate cleanser after the crazy opener, and I guess at was least it, at least they added a second jobber, but it's just mm -hmm. more of the same, and I feel like I would be just fine if they this was like a eight-second recap of Dark or Elevation matches, right? Like Wardlow's killing people on Dark. Here's 10 seconds of it. Perfect, right? Like I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't know why this is. Match. How many weeks in a row is this now? Uh, a like lot. a half dozen maybe yeah so it's Seven. time it's time to move on like pull the trigger on this guy or stop it would be my suggestion mm -hmm. pull the trigger or put down the gun huh? oh nice that's what i should have said but yeah. again i haven't slept in four days so i'm <laughs> not sure what's going to come out of my mouth <laughs> um yeah i thought it was a standard wardlow squash match except it was slightly different said two jobbers Ooh. this time Ooh. um nothing special because just another squash i thought wardlow had a cool single this time though so that's he's, he's dressing more baby face like the white gear he had last week or week I was before it's weird when the big man wears that he like, is or a big man. more so when he's white boots i feel like that always looks yeah. weird when you're a large person he's starting to turn baby face that's what that means mm, i think i think he starts from the feet up <laughs> i think he's implying he has a god <laughs> complex maybe maybe uh next we go to chris jericho and pound powerful not the inner circle chris jericho and pound powerful Ooh. versus daniel garcia in 2.0 and I thought it was interesting. Um, they come out to Jericho's theme, of course, because that's they have to, I guess. Yep. Um, and Santana, she just walks straight to the ring while Jericho does like the entrance pose and whatnot. Yes, the storytelling in this match from their side, I thought was really good. Yeah. I quite enjoyed um, it. Um, yeah, I thought it was an average tr TV trios match, but then they'd had that storytelling in it. Um, so uh, notables from the match, uh, the Santana hit like a three amigos, and he does the thing where Ortiz comes in for the third. Yep. To like for like a double suplex. Uh, tag offense by Prime Powerful ending in what I would call like I would call it like a plank splash from Ortiz. It looks awesome. Yeah, I don't know. It it's such really a funny. simple thing, but he and he does covers it. him like that too. Yeah, it's, it's really perfect. funny. Um, Garcia and Two Point are in control for a bit until Prime Powerful come back with a double flapjack and a double drop kick. Jericho tags himself in off of Santana, but then Ortiz tags off of Jericho. They argue a bit so the heels can take advantage. Um, there's some sweet tag offense by Prime Powerful after the break. It ended in like a sit up powerbomb discus lariat combo for two. Um, and then the finish came when Jericho took out Jeff Parker and he hit kind of like a sneaky juice effect to leave like kind of through the ropes. Yeah. And then Santana hit a pile driver for the win. So yeah. it's kind of like they don't know it, but Jericho helped right. them kind of, which I thought kind of ruined like the thing where like they were just kicking ass without Jericho. See, I kind of liked it because the, the story was that they were avoiding tagging in Jericho at all. Right. And then Jericho kind of decides he's just going to walk away for a bit since they're not going to use him anyways. But because I think he's going to be the baby face that remains. He still helps them out by hitting the Judas effect from the floor that they didn't see, right? And contributing to the pin. So I thought the match was fun. I don't think it was amazing, but I really liked the storytelling within the inner circle. Um, the match was fast with some good double teaming from each side. The outcome makes sense, right? And I'm hoping for a strong build for Santana and Ortiz. And I don't think 2.0 really need to win. Uh, they do a great job in their role as being like, enhancement talents another, not even like low card that's I don't another know. thing for me too is i i don't think i wanted the jericho involvement in the ending because i feel like because given the level of that trio like yep. um 2.0 and garcia prime powerful could totally handle them but i think it's the baby face jericho can say see even when you guys are jerks to me i do have your back you don't think i do but i do that's true like i feel like that's kind of where they're going so i like the finish with the judas effect from outside since he couldn't get tagged in, I thought that was a nice touch. And I just want them to fire up dominant heel Santana and Ortiz and just let them go. Yeah, that's it's what I'm time. doing with wrestling figures. It's time. 
for yeah, them. They're, they're awesome. They're so good. Yep. They haven't been heels in ages. And they will be great. They are awesome. Um, I thought it was a fine team match. It was very like, clearly a cool down match from the very hot opener. I don't consider the squash that. And listen, you and I are contrary people. They need to stop telling me how great Daniel Garcia is. And at some point he needs to show me. And I know we say this every week, but I'm starting to get to the point where I'm going to turn on this guy because they're trying to, it's like when WWE tries to ram things down my throat. Like he's good. He's talented for sure. I see that, but I don't every week telling us how special this kid is when I don't see it. And he's not even racking up wins. So I'm starting to like, that's what annoys me too, is when people like, like love like something and like and they just ram it down my throat which makes me want yes. to watch it less like um or for example my friends talk about uh the daredevil show yep and they say it's like so good it's like so good and i'm like first of all he's just a blind guy second of all i don't need to keep hearing about it right and then like or like i don't love iron man that much but everyone loves iron man which makes me like him less even though he's not the worst well i've never seen titanic which for a person of my age is like crazy because it was just yeah i don't don't. everyone telling me i had to see it and it was the best movie ever and i was like no it doesn't interest me to start out right yeah that's my thing too the more people tell me i must see it the more i'm like "Eh -eh." right or um i don't you know stranger things is yep yeah i started um, it my friends recommend that a lot or like at least my one friend does and i have no interest in it really because it it is its own thing i don't really have an interest in it your mom and i started it because it was all the rage yeah and uh, it's funny because there's the one guy from the show who's also in uh, free guy yep and so i call him keys from free guy even though the show came out first (laughs) just to spite people (laughs) yes of course you do funny but yeah that's where i'm getting with garcia right Right. like Mm -hmm. just i don't know stop i feel like if walter wasn't so good it would have been that too but he was awesome right so i feel like it'd be like that too and also i feel like it's it's um it got to that with tony storm for me because i probably hate on her a little more than how bad she is but she's not great and everyone thinks she's so amazing right like it really it, it hits a point i guess right it does um but um i think there are good parts in this match like i love the just the fast-paced combo offense from pound powerful it's me too. really cool um jericho's time in the match was little to none which is part of the story but I also like... i'm fine with that great point um, I wish the finish was a little different because I think they to- to- totally could have just won on their own. Yep. Um, next, we got an Archer Hangman promo package. Um, Archer says he wants to Texas death match against uh, Hangman because that's like his match or whatever. It's NXT and the challenger just picks his stipulation, I guess. Like, right. Kind of bugged me a bit. I guess like it kind of can go like at least he can go to management and they can. Right. I guess. Right. But um, who are you? You've been gone forever. Right. True. Uh, Paige said he wanted a challenger and now he's got one. Then he was kind of shocked because he got informed that it was a Texas Death match and he said he would be ready for it. Yeah. I didn't like Archer choosing the stip. I didn't like Paige looking nervous for a second about it there, which I think is what he was trying to get across because he shouldn't care to me at this point. But, and honestly, I was so unimpressed by Archer's match last week that my expectations are not super I'm high for this. I'm actually okay with this because I thought it was a solid segment, but... I feel like this helps it because I was I'm not really too keen on Archer versus Hangman. So you want the stip to? I do because this is pretty much a last man standing match. Right. And it's a no holds barred match at the end of the day, which I think will benefit Archer kind of highs because I think he's not the worst, but honestly, the more I see him, the less I think he's good. I just thought he looked really slow and not in that the, match is way too long and not in as good a shape as he has in the past. So. Yeah. Um. I don't think he's like the worst, but he's just not great in the ring. So I think this at least 
helps. I'm still not super interested in this match, honestly, because it is just like a credible enough challenger for Paige. Which but... sets them up to easily impress us, right? If my expectations are low and they come through, I'll, you know what? I, I think I might this like is it. kind of odd coming so soon after the Lights Out match this week. Right. It's only, what, going to be two weeks after? But that's pa okay. Paige is going to get thrown through some stuff, I have imagine. I imagine. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next, we get a Jurassic Express and also HFO thing. No Yay, Andrade. So, so amazing. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic Express versus number one ranked private party. Number one ranked private party. Made FYI. me laugh. Number one ranked uh, for the tag tiles and rampage. Um, Cage talks about everyone being after the champs. That is so weird. You That's know? how it works, usually. That is crazy. Um, Hardy says nobody cares, and he talks about private parties speaking up, nobody cares, and says they're most athletic and talented here. Well, when you're only competing with Christian Cage, you're probably right, but Jungle Boy is, and Luchasaurus are standing right there, so. Um, I don't really care about this. I mean, what can I say? It's HFO, and it's a title match on Rampage. Title matches are on Rampage are, are like as beta as it gets i think beta as it gets um or like secondary like yep. the only title match that's mattered on rampage i think was the first one which was cage beating omega for the impact title yep. since then nothing um and private party being ranked number one shows us the state of the rankings this early in there it's not necessarily their fault because this the rankings reset so it's going to be yeah. a little shaky but it just shows you the state of the the rankings like this early into the year right and also please get christian away from jack express please as fast as possible and i guess you can use the rankings resetting like this to get teams that otherwise would never get shots to get shots it early in the year right weird. but i mean i think the speculation will probably start because matt actually mentioned his brother not by name i don't think but there was a reference to jeff hardy there and then did you notice lots of references to the name ass boys so is that gonna become their tag team name that would be funny which i think they, is funny. they are ass they suck this whole segment didn't feel necessary to me but i mean it was pretty short so and again like you said private party as the number one ranked te tag team is kind of dumb but that's how this works in these rankings i guess yeah um next cm punk speaks he's wearing ring gear and a hoodie um he asked how cleveland is doing says it's been a while since he's been there I'll take his word for it. Pandering Punk starts out here. Yep. My favorite. <laughs> um, he says he has his long boys on, long tights, which are just so nice. He's ready to fight. And he has a souvenir from last week, and it says it looks good on no one, referring to the scarf. Mm -hmm. um, he says he's sick of talking about it. He's sick of hearing MJF talk. He wants MJF in the ring. And he says, what the hell? He wants to do it tonight. Um, MJF comes out. He keeps asking if they want to see the match and just says no. He asks if they're out of their minds, and... He, that he wastes this big match on Cleveland. Uh, MJF says they'll give them the match they all want next week in Chicago. Punk versus MJF, so he actually does go with it this time. He says they aren't in Chicago this week, though, and says they're impatient and want the match now. He says after he beats Punk in Chicago, the people will finally see, get to see the real CM Punk, the Punk who loses his smile. <laughs> I understood that reference. Mm -hmm. uh, when he doesn't get what he wants and blames everyone else, the Punk who will sue. That was funny. Yep. Um, MJF says all the chance a punk's name won't stop him from abandoning us again and crying about it on a podcast. Loved all this. Yes. Because it's how I feel about punk, basically. Mm -hmm. Expressed better than I could. Mm. Um, punk says uh, if he didn't come back, MJF wouldn't get his brush with greatness. He tells MJF to get his stuff on, take care of business, but they all know he can't. Uh, punk says he, he always uh, gets back up 
MJF says, why don't they test that? The pinnacle come out, and Spears jumps Punk from behind. Then they all gang up on Punk, and the FTR lay him out for a chair shot from Spears. Um, MJF keeps taunting Punk and asks why he doesn't get up now. Um, and then he tells Warlow to powerbomb Punk. He powerbombs him on a chair. And then he, uh, he sits cross-legged on top of Punk, yeah, which that was is a cool really visual. funny. Um, MJF says where Punk's career starts, it will end in Chicago. And you could see Wardlow was like a little bit reluctant. I think he did a good job of that as well, of like following these orders. But um, yeah, I thought pandering Punk to start out, so I was annoyed right away. I thought the scarf jokes he made about the price on Amazon and whatever were kind of lame. I didn't think that was a very good CM Punk. Uh, then I thought MJF kind of saved the segment for me. Because he's kind of doing basic stuff too, but the heel variety of it, and he's a lot better, I think, at this point. And for me, like I said while you were going over it, his criticisms of Punk, his fake smile and being happy as long as thing goes as, things go his way and complaining about things and suing people is pretty much how I feel about CM Punk, which is an unpopular opinion among most fans, but I don't really care. Uh, so I thought that MJF took Punk apart pretty brilliantly through that stretch. Punk's rebuttal, I thought, was a lot stronger than his stuff to begin, so I kind of like that. I thought the segment was, I think it's pretty easily far too long, um, because there's been a lot of these happening, almost weekly, it seems. Uh, but yeah. I, I would say I enjoyed it, but it could have been um, pared down a little bit. But I thought, in particular, MJF was really good, and Punk, at least his rebuttal was good. The first stuff, not so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it was quite a lengthy one, but I think it was still a pretty good segment. I think I, I generally enjoyed the segments. That first initial promo battle they had was really good, um, but I think they're, they're still usually pretty good. Um, above all else, we do finally get that match next week, right. Punk for Zemjo. So I think um, I do think they could have put it here on this show if they wanted to like build it sooner. But I feel like it might have also gotten overshadowed by the opener and main event. Um, it should be a good one for next week. I think the attack from the pinnacle is fine and all. Although, if Gargano was going to debut, that would have been a good spot. I really liked him sitting cross-legged on Punk at the end. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was cool. A nice touch. It was. Um, next, we got a quick promo from the acclaimed. Caster says everyone is happy Mox is back, and so are they, because Bowen's going to beat his ass on Rampage. Doubt it. Bowen says he hasn't forgotten what Mox did to him, and he will beat his ass all over Cincinnati, and that is a mic drop. All I remember is that they did have a match against the acclaimed Mox and Kingston, so I remember did. the rap. Yep. I like this quick promo. I think these guys are cool, and that Bowen sounded good, and he got a chance to say more than he usually does. And I think, uh, I don't know, it's we've been saying it for weeks. I think these guys are pretty awesome, and they could be built into a, they're a really valuable piece going forward. A couple young guys that uh, both can wrestle. Uh, Bowen's has really impressed me lately. Both of them can talk. They've got a cool gimmick. So I think these guys are pretty great. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeesh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um. I thought it was a solid little promo. Um. It should be a solid one for Mox and Rampage, and I like that there is at least like a little, um, history between them, right? Like yep. it's not like a like I feel like Ethan Page was like I mean that that probably was good, but like at least like I feel like this one has kind of a reason even though it's also random and yeah. i haven't seen rampage but i've been impressed with bowens lately so i imagine they probably had a pretty good match yeah i don't i don't tend to watch rampage a lot i, I don't know i we're, I, hit, we're very hit and miss i really thought i would more when sorry because i think we did right something the about first the week, date and time make it tough. we watched the first week and then the second week was punk right i yeah. think so i mean you kind of had to watch and yeah it's definitely the time and date hurts it a lot it does like I don't know, it makes it also like hard if we wanted to review it regularly. Right. So that's kinda like if it was um Thursday like UK, that'd be yep. cool. UK's also in the day, so that makes it easier. It but, is. 
um, you know, um, it would be easier with the time. But um, yeah, so a uh, solid little promo. And then we get a Griff Garrison and Julia Hart interview. Mark Sterling interrupts and says, Cargill has chosen Julia Hart to be the next challenger for the oh, TBS okay. title. <laughs> also, um, I've that reminds me, it was kind of ironic that TNT title is on TBS this week and the right. TBS title is on TNT. So yep. they kind of need to figure that out. Um, she just had to sign a thing because she still has the eye injury or whatever. Basically, she's still a pirate. Um, Garrison says he doesn't think it's a good idea and Hart says she can do her own talking and she signs the thing. Yeah, so I'm hoping that the storyline is that Jade is choosing weak opponents just so that she can... I definitely think that's at least what she's doing here, right? I like it because then she yeah. can keep beating people and brag about her title run. I think that would be cool. I thought uh, Hart did not sound good here. Um, and her reaction didn't seem to match Garrison's tone, right? Like she, he was just like yeah. calmly like you shouldn't. And she just, but I think, and I know you no, hate this, that this is House of Black stuff. Why should she be in the House I'm of Black? I'm not saying she should. I'm not saying I want it to happen. Why but though? I they may be just misleading, but I feel like there's a trail of breadcrumbs here to her becoming part of the House of Black or being affiliated with them or something. I don't... She does not... She sucks. She doesn't fit them at all. No. Like, I feel like Brody King and Malachi Black fit perfectly together, right? They do. So, like, I, I don't... I'm not sure that... But maybe I'm just reading stuff into it, but it kind of feels like there's all of these little breadcrumbs. I thought it was we'll interesting, see. too, because I think... um. I feel like Pillman and Garrison have one of these kind of moments too. It wasn't quite as sharp, but like kind of like where one of them snapped back at the other. I don't remember who. They did. They did. They a did. A little bit, right? Because um, Pillman didn't want to face somebody and Garrison was all gung-ho about it. I think so. I forget. Yeah. It might have no, been about facing like the House of Black, frankly. It was, it was something involving this feud, but I don't remember right. what it what or like i don't even remember who turned on who and if the idea or is that the against. house of black are so intimidating that it causes infighting that's fine yeah that yeah. works too. yeah or yeah um it was fine i don't really care i guess there's tension the varsity blondes but like who cares and also why and cargill versus hard is a joke of a title match but maybe on purpose yeah that's what i'm hoping that she's just she's well she's picking someone who's half blind right so that's a good start that, right yeah, yeah so i'm hoping funny. that's where they're going with mm -hmm. it um, next we get Red Velvet versus Layla Hirsch. Ooh, anyone say low point in the show? Mm -hmm. In um, ring for sure. What? How? What? What? What makes you think that? I huh? And I like, kind of like both of them, but I like Hirsch. Me I don't too. love Velvet. I I like her less as time goes on. <laughs> I like her charisma and stuff, but I don't. You know, Anyways, I, I wouldn't call it charisma. We'll talk about um, it in a mediocre women's TV match. Mediocre might be generous, but go ahead. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, Hirsch ducks out after being in danger and then attacks Velvet when she falls out. Hirsch gets out of an armbar with a buckle bomb. Uh, later on, double knees to the back by Velvet with Hirsch on the middle rope. She was kind of there for too long. Yeah. Uh, pump knee by Hirsch. She goes for an armbar, but Velvet gets her foot on the bottom rope. Uh, Hirsch counters a kick into a deep roll-up. I believe tights assisted for the win. And after the match, she attacks Velvet until Stylander chases her off. Yeah, this I didn't think this was very good. Um, I've seen both of these women look much better than this. I think both were guilty of some sloppy stuff and non-impactful looking stuff. And I think some of the camera angles that were chosen highlighted that. Even JR commented on how weak um, Red Velvet's back elbows looked, and they did. Uh, I think the heel her should be a killer and should dominate like using her amateur background and yeah, throwing people around. Yeah, I think she's pretty around. good, but this is not a great showing for her. No, and commentary reminding us in the midst of this repeatedly that these are the top two ranked women which you actually looked up because you were so 
Like, yeah, I was. That's not a ringing endorsement for I the division. I hate the right? rankings so right the, now. Hold on, I'm gonna go check again while you're talking. It was not a good match. Um, both of these women have potential, I think, for sure, in different areas. For Hirsch, I think it's more the in-ring stuff. Red Velvet to me is really fast and has charisma, but sometimes she gets ahead of herself. I feel like she's so fast. Yeah. Um, um, and they just didn't seem to have any chemistry, right? They didn't work well together. And again adding to the problem is this will be i wrote it at the time and it was true the only women's match on the show because they only do one a week which i think is becoming a bit of an issue for me yeah a little bit and so as this was probably before the show they were both at three and zero. right and but velvet is ahead of hirsch yeah. so i guess hirsch will be up now i don't know the rankings are really like some of the teams i'm like yeah but then other times like private party and the gun club were above the acclaimed and like even though they only have one match number five ranked is house of black oh they get a title shot right so that's good for them weird yeah oh and anna J. you know how she had a tbs title shot last week right she is in fact ranked number five good for her if that trend continues fifth if you can't be first be fifth and then next it's powerhouse hobbs is also ranked number five so here we go i mean i don't want to say and technically Adam Cole is still undefeated after the show. He so. is. He is. Yep. Um, this is okay at best. Generous. Um, there wasn't a lot that was good or interesting. I think I'm definitely of the opinion Red Velvet's not great. The more I see her, I just think like, eh. Keep her on dark for now. Yeah. Right? Mostly. And Hirsch is quite good, but she didn't really put that on display here. I agree. Um, the whole feud doesn't interest me very much, and I've been fine with having it almost all on Rampage. Yep. I think most of the women's matches go on Rampage. Which, I mean, that's all right, because... Yeah, I mean, just we don't get to get see them too often, but that's our own problem. That's not We right. could. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, next, we get a House of Black promo, which is very nice. Um, they talk about how Pack and Death Triangle will feel true pain. They say that Pack will look at, to the teaching that House of Black bestowed upon him and say thank you, because just like Death, they are inevitable. And I wrote in brackets, also like Thanos. Yeah, so I love the tone and like aesthetic of this, I and I like so how like much. Brody King just sort of appeared right after Black was talking, and Black's just kind of like, I don't know, he's definitely like the one in charge, which I think is like yeah, I think that's cool. And it was nice to hear King speak, and I thought he did a good job. I, and, I like, agree. Brody King, it got me just dreaming of Brody King versus Pack in a one-on-one, just because even the visual of it, because one is so tiny and one is so humongous, like one guy's little and jacked, could totally kill and each one other. guy is huge and like kind of. I don't want to say chubby. He's lost a bunch of weight, but he's not ripped, right? And he's so, like tattooed everywhere. And I don't know if you noticed this. They made sure to include a close-up of Julia Hart in this segment. Did they? They did. Ugh, a close-up of so her stupid. with her eye patch, I think it was. So I like these segments. They're like a departure from standard wrestling stuff, and AEW doesn't lean into it too much. Yeah, there's not like a lot of supernatural, like, which is perfect. Like, sure, the lights go off, and he shows up in other parts, but that obviously doesn't require him to teleport. And, and that's like very minor, too. And he did get caught the one exactly, time when the lights came exactly. on anyways. Um, so yeah, I like. I think this yeah. is cool stuff. I again, didn't catch much of this, so I did have to borrow notes. That's what I mean by that. But it was really sick, just because I, they talk so differently. And, and you want to pay so, close attention. I really do. Yes, exactly. Yep. Black speaks so well. He's just so unique. His promos. It's, it's really truly cool. Um, King spoke well. Also, I think he only he added to it. I think I I really enjoy this gimmick. I am down for them versus any combination of death triangle and if phoenix is good to go i mean hey we get they get a third member get some trios matches that'd be, be amazing nice. they would be some cool trios champions if they find a suitable third member i can't think of any off the bat julia hart 
to compete in the trios matches. She, exactly. You think she's gonna? She would get her ass beat by that triangle. I would actually. I would love that. I would love for Phoenix to just kick her head off. <laughs> Ouch. That'd be sick. Uh, next we get a Britt Baker segment thing in the ring. So. Yeah, I thought this was weird. Not that I don't love Britt Baker, but anyways, you go ahead. Yeah. I'll talk about it. Um, she has like PWI plaques and mag covers of her and whatnot. So. Yes, all the awards she's recently won for 2021, I guess. Yes. Uh, Baker says it's been a while since they've had a chat and that she's had a mic in the ring. A chat. I like a chat. Like that just means her talking. Like there's no yep. there's no conversation <laughs> happening. She's grabs um, the not, mic. Not talks. even with Tony. No, that's what I mean. Um, like, she goes over her plaques and covers and says what a year she had. And she was right in saying it would be her era. She says she has had nine singles wins, which you think it'd be more since winning the title and roast uh, Cleveland's team from whatever sport who are against Pittsburgh. I'm assuming sport hockey. Sportball. But I, I don't know. It's a lot of football because they're. Okay. I am a Browns fan, and their quarterback is Baker Mayfield, and I find him to be. He was the number one overall draft pick, and I find him very disappointing. So that's why she keeps saying like. And she's Baker. A Baker that you can actually count on um, to win. She says the spot was open for the taking, and she made it her division. She said she was voted the best by the fans because actually, yeah, in the PWI one right. at least they it is fan voted. Um, and she's making history like Cleveland did against Pittsburgh, and she makes another sports roast. I. I don't know. That's a miss for me. She's a big Steelers backer, and they've been a long-time torturer of the Browns as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, She says she won't settle until she's female of the decade. They might as well give it to her now. She says she's the champion they deserve, and Cleveland finally has a baker to count on. She signs off with DMD. So you noticed it too during the crowd was a little bit distracting at some point. Like, I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, they definitely booed her more, Um, which I think that other than it being distracting, it was good. So she obviously did a good job despite kind of distracting crowd but this was quite lengthy and for me my problem with it is it didn't advance any story and didn't create any story right she just came out and talked and then what so i made those notes of like it doesn't create or advance any story and then what happens directly after i thought i was going to be wrong about that but you'll get to it and i wasn't wrong so i guess it was just a way to get her in front of the crowd to rip on their football team and just generate some heat which is fine but i would have preferred it um lead to something right like there's no payoff coming out of this unless i don't know gargano shows up later you know because he's right. defending his city but anyways so yeah i don't know what the point of this was i guess is what but i'm saying as such he did not right um solid promo from baker um i think it was a strong one as usual my only major complaint like you would be it didn't have much direction. No, didn't exactly. Really, That's have any future for. direction either. Yeah. Hopefully, she does have a clear direction sooner or later. But I think it's still a good promo in general. It like, was because she's always it's, good. She's never going to be bad. It was kind of refreshing also to hear her boot a lot again. I mean, yes. it was distracting at one point, but I mean, as a general thing, it was good because I've kind of forgotten that she's really supposed to be heel. So it's kind of good to have it back it to is. that. Cause she is supposed to be like a heel. I feel like sometimes it just slips into not really that. Right. Um, and then we get like a quick thing where Nyla Rose and Vicky come out. So this out. is where I thought, okay, so maybe I'm wrong and that she's now prompted Nyla Rose to come out and Which address I her. Which was we- would have been weird because they already faced off. But at least it would mean that the promo accomplished something, right? But no. No, nope, that's it was not completely why she's unrelated. Right. She says she should be the TBS champion. No. Um, and sh- she is only not because of Soho and her fluke win. Um, well, that- that's kind of how the tournament works. I don't know if she knows that, but <laughs> it, that's, that's kind of how, how it works. Um, she says the, they wrestled a hundred times. Please don't. She would win ninety nine <laughs> times. No, and she wants uh Ruby Soho next week. So there's, 
Um, so I thought it was very quick and to the point, and I guess we have our women's match of the week right. for Dynamite. That's right. I actually liked her intensity here. I thought she did a good job, but I found it really oddly placed right after Brit's segment. Yeah, right? like, and I also feel like it should have been like a, a pre-produced one. Just yeah. I feel like it's kind of weird that she's just like coming out and then boom, gone. Because like I said, I thought she was coming out to address Brit, but instead she talks about the completely other championship, right? And then Ruby Soho. So I, I thought it was a strange combination, but N Nyla was fine here, I thought. Yeah, um, it was all right, but it, I don't know, it was very uh, weird, you know? Yep. Um, but I, so I don't usually cover them anymore, but, um, uh, there were the match advertisements for next week and, um, we get Penta Pack versus House of yes, Black. Yes, please. Take and my money. They, um, they advertised, uh, Joker Penta. So if I don't get Joker Penta next week, I will be suing. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, next week or next, uh, we get our main event, which is actually, no, the, actually the show is technically done. That's um, right, lights out. Right, but there was this weird. They for some reason put on a match, so. and they let the crowd stay. Yeah, that, that's pretty nice. <laughs> That'll of make them, more to sense later too. Yeah, um, it was kind of. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, and yeah, it was kind of weird. the diamond was shorter this week. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, we do get Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy in a lights out unsanctioned match. I just call it lights out match, honestly. Um, which I think is kind of a cooler name than an unsanctioned match. I mean, unsanctioned match is very to the point, but yeah. I think this is kind of a cooler name. A very nice Falls County Merch Street Fight kind of match. Um, but I'll talk about more later. It was good, but kind of disappointed me in way, in a really? different way. I don't know. I'll right. talk about that yeah, later. Yeah. Um, so I, for, like right off the bat, there's kind of like the rapid strike exchange. It reminds me of, um, Owens and Zane. Whoops. I remember they used to do a very specific way. They were kind of like, just like, they'd be doing, it would yeah, like be like rapid hitting your punches. end in sync too. I remember yes. they always, like, I I still could picture that like instantly. Um, yeah, Cassidy starting out super aggressive and fired up because it's not normal for him, right? Right. Uh, Cole pulls out a chair from under the ring and Dan Housen was holding on to it, which I thought was really weird, but kind of amusing. Yeah, that's very Dan Housen. And they signed Dan Housen I am too. not a huge fan, oh, but I, I get. I forgot I could put that in the news. I get that people love him. He's yeah, a very he's unique fella. Yeah, he's kind of interesting but i don't think i need him in aw no it, it it does depend on how they use him to be honest like it's a very they, indie thing as long does. as they keep it very minor i'm probably fine with that but i don't think i really i'm need wondering him. if he's going to keep bringing the jar of teeth with him in aw <laughs> he always has teeth that he pours in people's oh, mouths oh they should totally do a segment with him and baker baker yeah. that would be actually kind of funny i could see that um there's a dg on the outside by cassidy uh cole looks for a panama sunrise on the outside but cassidy counters and drives him through the timekeeper's table just kind of like literally drives him through it which not letter like just actually like puts, puts him, him in a it. car and drives him <laughs> 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 loads him in right. the back seat buckles him in drives through a table makes sure he has a seatbelt on right. yeah um patel drop brain buster by cole for two um there's a nice michinoku driver on the two season chairs by cassie for two i'm surprised cassie didn't do his homework and know that cole is very good at taking bumps on chairs reversed yes with the him and back black, of the chairs black did that i remember because that was really cool um, Brandon Cutler comes in, he's just like spraying the cold spray already all around, which I think is really funny. Then he gets taken out by Yuda, who gets taken out by Fish, and ends up in more people coming on the Bucks, take out Chuck Taylor. I thought it was kind of odd that O'Reilly wasn't here. Yeah, what, he was and not. where's O'Reilly been? I honestly forgot they Fish even was, him. and he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's Red Dragon doing? Red Dragon. Sorry. Sorry. Um, as Cole and the Bucks look for a triple super kick, Rapongi Vice take out the Bucks, and Cassie hits a beach break for two. So hopefully we can get Rapongi Vice versus Bucks soon. Yep, like, I'm we'll fine with watch that. Watch that. Um, Cole goes for a low blow, um, but Cassie has a cup on. 
Um, lazy kicks and a Panama Sunrise by Cassie for two. Very disrespectful. <laughs> uh, they go backstage and Cassie put or Cole puts Cassie through Tony Khan's table for two. Uh, low blow atop the tunnel by Cassidy, and then he hugs Cole and drives them both through part of the stage. And as they fall, Cole kind of like flips over. He took but it he really, took really high. high. He so did. It ended up looking really cool. It did because it was like kind of a basic looking fall. But I mean, then, not like, that I'm willing Cole, to do any like, of them, but um, but yeah. But then the way then, he landed looked yeah, painful. and Cole or Cassidy pins him for the win. And Cole sold it like just stayed there motionless for the remainder yeah. of the show, right? So. I don't know. I thought it was a really good main event. Um, I, I like the opener better. That would have been my match of the night. But, I mean, the stipulation allows Cassidy to get a win and Cole to keep his perfect record. So that makes sense, right? The outcome is pretty much what I would have expected. Um, and a more aggressive Cassidy than we really see. And the match had some cool spots in it. Again, that final spot ended up looking better than it could have, possibly just the way Cole ended up taking it. So, yeah, I enjoyed the match. Um, I don't know if I need... All the spots in the ladder match opener and then a lights out match at the end of the show but i ended up enjoying it i guess but i would still say that the opener was my match of the night yeah in hindsight i think it definitely was yep um but yeah so i thought it was a pretty good main event um and a solid like another one of those no dq style matches but it fell short of my expectations for me that's because they put it as a lights out match right ew does a lot of like no dq or hardcore matches if you want to call them um but they and they almost always do them well i think this was good too but for me the lights out matches have always been another step above other like no holds barred matches right. to me those kind of mean like something else like as extreme as you can get not just because they're unsanctioned but just because of the other two ones that we got like mox versus omega i remember it was controversial for how much how violent it was like right. with the barbed wire and stuff and baker versus rosa Amazing. was one of the best matches of last year it was so this was good but not quite up to the lights out standards in my I opinion i think the goal was to get cassidy a quality win cole but, doesn't lose and they kind of worked backwards from that you know yeah what I, mean? I guess so maybe i don't know mm-hmm um thoughts on the show as a whole overall i thought it was a pretty good show the opener was the match of the night like i said enjoyed the main event um the women's match was pretty bad and the wardlow was just the usual squash um and i thought the trios match was good and told a pretty cool story punk mjx mjf segment was good overall but just too long i liked black and king's brief promo too so i thought overall this show was a b plus not quite in the a range for me um, because a couple of the matches in the middle weren't that great, like the Wardlow and the women's match, but everything else was pretty solid. So a very good B plus for me. Mm, overall, I think it was a pretty strong show. I mean, at least from matches, they offered a lot. I think um, the opener made them peak early, as in hindsight, it was definitely my match of the night. Wardlow squash was a squash. Uh, the, the trios match was pretty good, but also pretty much what I expected. Although I would have done the finish a little differently, and also where the hell is my street sweeper? True. A, Love sick the ass move. Good point. B, sick ass name. It well, is. They don't use it enough, considering how awesome it is. Right. So that's just sad. Um, Hirsch versus Velvet was our women's match of the week, and it wasn't great, mediocre at best. And even then, that's probably a bit generous. Um, and the main event was a good match. It didn't warrant being a lights out match to me, as that actually kind of hurt my opinion of it a little bit, because I feel like the now the lights out matches have been held to such a high standard. Mm-hmm. Right, but um, at least I can act like Cole has never lost. Still, that is right. So Technically that's true. what I'm going to do. Um, as far as promos and segments on the show, there's the fine short Team Taz promo. The Archer Hangman package is fine. Uh, the Jurassic Express HFO thing to set up a Rampage match was meh. A long but good Punk MJF segment. Um, it was probably the best segment on the show. 
um, or one of the best, at least, uh, short segments for the Acclaimed Varsity Bomb to find really cool promo from the House of Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, another favorite for me. And also nice Baker and Ring promo, although kind of pointless. Um, overall, pretty strong show other than women's match. I can't think of any big detractors. Uh, main event, trios match are solid. Really good opener, I thought. Uh, might be on the low end, but I think I came out with a pretty good feeling good. from the show. So I'd say I, I give it like a lower A-. minus. Nice. That's fair. Like I was close to it as well. So I think yeah. we were pretty similar thoughts on that. But yeah, overall, a very enjoyable uh, Dynamite. So that's going to move us into this week's trivia, which I think is going to be one of the toughest ones we've done. But I've said that before. We'll find out. But we call it Off the Top of His Head. All right. So last week we looked at Royal Rumble winners, which was clearly far too easy for you. So I have ramped That's the easiest thing known to mankind. Ramped up the difficulty. So I think you'll struggle mightily on this. But again, I've said that before, and I could be wrong. So we are talking about Royal Rumble runners up. Ooh. Okay. You think you'll do all right? Um. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I love that. Uh, by the way, Booster Juice just magically showed up as we and McDonald's. That's true. You crushed That's a Big Mac up true. there? I did. Behind the curtain, people. Yep. Um, so I thought maybe we'll start with the most recent ones because you probably know those and we'll see how far back you can go. And then if you remember... Can I just list them off? If you remember any other specific ones. Well, let me give you the year and the winner. No, right? Pace ourselves. So let's try. So 2021 men's, the winner was Edge. The runner-up was... Orton. Correct. 2020... I just watched that actually like yesterday, I think. 20... And meanwhile, what was I watching? WrestleMania 4. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's my, well, I'm suffering in a chair trying to sleep, watch some old school wrestling. Um, 2020... I suffer more. <laughs> 2021 women's, uh, the winner was Bianca Belair and the runner up was? Ripley? Yes. Yeah. 2020 men's, winner Drew McIntyre, runner up? Roman Reigns. Wow. You... Roman Reigns is going to be in here a lot. I'm you telling you right now. Already you're doing better than I thought you would. 2020 women's winner Charlotte Flair runner-up. Shayna Baszler. Your girl Shayna Baszler. That was Baszler. so. You really she do know this. Number thirty. That was she ridiculous. Did. 2019 men's winner Seth Rollins runner-up. Braun Strowman. Correct. Why? I that don't was understand. Like the, that's like the only recent time it hasn't been Roman Reigns, pretty much. 2019 women's winner Becky Lynch runner-up. Ooh. Uh, Charlotte. Correct. Yeah. Uh. 2018 men's winner Shinsuke Nakamura. Correct. It's a lot of Roman. 2018 women's winner Asuka. Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella. That's funny. I remember because it was like an apron finish. Now all the women's are done, so this these are all men's going forward. 2017 Roman winner Reigns. Randy. Sorry, just let me finish. Randy Orton's the winner. Runner Roman up. Roman Reigns. 2000. A lot of Roman Reigns. Two, I know Honor. you've mentioned that. 2016 winner Triple H. Runner up. My boy Ambrose. Correct. I remember. Wow. I figured I would be giving hints way before 2015. Mm. 2015, winner Roman Reigns, runner-up. Rusev. Why do you know that? Because I remember you came in from behind and tried to surprise him. I would have gotten, like, zero. I mean, maybe I could have guessed one along the way from now. All right. 2014, winner Batista, runner-up. Roman Reigns. Correct. (laughs) 2013, winner John Cena, runner-up. Ryback. Yes. Why? Uh, 2012, Seamus wins, runner-up. Ziggler? No. Ooh. You don't know anything. Um, Orton? No. Uh, Canadian, no longer with the company. Jericho. Correct. Right. 2011, the winner, Alberto Del Rio, and that was the 40-man, right? Yeah, it was. Runner-up? Santino. Correct. Mm-hmm. 2010, winner, Edge, runner-up? Ooh, Cena? Correct. 2009, Orton wins, runner-up? 
Triple H. Correct. Wow. Right. 2008, Cena wins. Runner-up? Triple H. Correct. 2007, The Undertaker wins. Runner-up? I'm thinking Michaels. Correct. I was going to really? say his greatest okay. feud, probably. Nice. Um, 2006, winner, Ray Mysterio. Say Orton. Correct. Yeah. 2005, winner, Batista. Runner-up? Cena. Correct. Wow. 2004, winner, the man who shall not be named, Chris Benoit. Runner-up? <laughs> Big show. Correct. <laughs> My God. If you go all the way to 88, that's disgusting. <laughs> 2003, winner Brock Lesnar, runner-up. Undertaker. Correct. 2002, winner Triple H, runner-up. Um, I want to say Austin, but I don't think that's right. No. Uh, Taker? No. Mm. Uh, no, I don't got it. I argue he's one of the best ever. Angle. Kurt Angle's correct. Yeah. 2001. Winner, Steve Austin, runner-up. Kane. Correct. 2000, winner, The Rock, runner-up. Big show. <laughs> yes. 1999, winner, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, runner-up. Austin. Makes sense. That one I probably would have guessed because yeah. they would have booked it that way. Uh, we're getting into the Austin run here. So 1998, yeah. Austin wins. The runner-up is? Uh, um, I don't know. Rock? Correct. I was really? going to say the other star of that era. Okay. Uh, 97. Winner again is Austin and the runner-up. Brett? Correct. Really? Yep. Okay, I'm just... 96, the winner is Shawn Michaels, the runner-up. Uh, was makes... this Bulldog? Uh, that was, I think, the nope. other one. Um, this one makes sense, Brett? too. Is it Brett again? Nope. No. Damn it. Uh, trying to think what would make sense. Think of his big feuds and former partnerships and stuff. Diesel? Yep. Nice. 95 was that Michael's was Bulldog. win. That was Bulldog. So I remember it was like they did the false win because um and that was remember Michael's had one foot on the ground so that that right. instituted the both feet must touch both the floor. Feet, yes, that's right. 1993 Yokozuna wins and the runner up was uh Macho Man because he tried to wow. pin him. You know in the early 90s. Yeah, remember he tried to pin him and then Yokozuna just like pushes him over. Right. Uh, 92 Ric Flair won obviously. Is it Hogan. It is not Hogan. Mm. Runner up is Taker. Nope. Large Man though. About that size. Mm, i trying to think. We just talked about him. Oh, you watched it. Speaking of horrific injuries. Oh, Sid. Correct. 91, winner Hulk Hogan, runner-up. Oh. Um, I hope you don't know these. You got four more. I don't know. A large lad. Sid again? No, heavy. Big boy. Mabel? Part Yoko? Of a, part of a tag team with two big guys at one point. I don't know if it was this Mabel? point. No. Andre? No. I don't know. A natural disaster? Oh. An earthquake? Right. I guess because I know he, he feuded with Hogan a bit. 1990, Hulk Hogan won, and the runner-up was one of my favorites, mid-card heels. Mr. Perfect. Correct. 1989, Big John Stud wins, and the runner-up. Duggan? It, no. Another one of my favorite mid-card heels. Uh, I don't know. Um. Who's been on NXT in the last... DiBiase? Correct. And the first winner was obviously Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the runner-up. One man gang. Correct. The OMG. OMG moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I really thought... I, I never was, thought of that, actually. I really thought you were going to be stumped like after about 2018, and I would have to help you. So. I would probably fare really well by just saying Roman Reigns. Yet again, um, you did very well when I wasn't sure you would, so great job. So back to talking about some wrestling, and it's going to be what we just finished before heading down here, full disclosure, and that is this week's episode oh, behind the curtain again. of NXT UK. 
So this episode starts out with a short video recap of the Dragonov Devlin feud ahead of the empty arena match that's tonight's main which event. Which they did say was false count anywhere, which, I mean, I still don't love that it's empty arena, but that does kind of help me because that reminded me, oh yeah, when they say empty arena, that's kind of the thing that comes with right. it because then they can really go anywhere because keep in mind on halftime heat that is what they did with rock and mankind so that actually kind of helped me like oh yeah that's kind of the difference yeah it is that's one of the key things so um what i was talking to you is kind of interesting at the time because there are fans for this show and then we're saying like in theory all of these people would be made to leave the arena ahead of the most anticipated match on the card right, <laughs> right. so but then i was like no it's probably taped but no they you do actually... see them walking out <laughs> later, I yeah. was really funny. so i thought that was kind of funny to <laughs> think like... about right like all right the big match is on get out of here you guys that <laughs> bought tickets time to go i think it'd be funny if like someone just tried to like hide somewhere just to like yeah. witness them that'd be so cool that would be what i would try to do probably mm-hmm. yeah um, i would do that so we go right away to the six-man tag match between D Familia, which is Teoman, um, Raja, and Dempsey, right? Uh, taking on right. Gallus, Wolfgang, and Mark, and Joe Coffey. So Joe Coffey and Teoman start out exchanging strikes and kicks. Uh, Gallus end up in control of Teoman, and he takes his first opportunity to tag in Raja. And then there was that, you kind of laugh, the botched double monkey flip, just as they talked yeah, about how they well... Yeah, talking about, like... Um, they work so well as a I team like or something. Synergy or... Oh, it was. <laughs> it was something like that. And then, then, then they just botched the monkey flip. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. great timing. Uh, then we get a distraction from Dempsey on the outside. That allows Raja <laughs> to take control, and the heels isolate Mark Coffey for quite a while here. We get a missile drop kick to the back of Mark Coffey's head by Teoman. Uh, Dempsey comes in, applies a guillotine while sort of driving Mark Coffey into the turnbuckles. Then he lands a back fist and does some pretty interesting arm work on the mat. Uh, Raja tags in, levels Mark Coffey with a forearm. We get a back suplex by Mark Coffey, but he can't quite make the tag that he needs to make. Eventually, he does tag in Wolfgang, who dominates everybody. Um, he ends up missing a corner splash, and Raja hits a reverse DDT. Joe Coffey finally gets his chance to clean house, does just that, including a diving shoulder tackle and an overhead belly-to-belly uh, suplex to Raja. We get a 180 high cross by Joe Coffey for a near fall, then a backstabber right away from Raja to stop the momentum of Gallus. Dempsey then comes in with a bridging butterfly suplex. We get a high low by Gallus for two that looks pretty good as things kind of break down and there's action all over the place. Wolfgang scoops up Dempsey for what's the double team move, they, the, the finisher they've done? Sorry, which one? Right at the end, Wolfgang picks up <clears throat> Dempsey. I think they were about to do the, you even Insiguri said. Insiguri Power Slam? That's right. That's what it was. But I don't know if there's a name for that. I think it's Raja pulls Coffee out of the ring, and then Teoman chop blocks Wolfgang from behind, right. and that allows Dempsey to apply that his. STF. It's like a modified STF it where he's like awesome. grinding his forearm across it's your like, face. It looks really cool. You look at, it's the opposite of, the, it's the anti-Cena C, uh, STF. Like, it's so cool and it does look like he's grinding his exactly like it looks really nice yeah and so um wolfgang does tap out and d familia win this match uh i thought it was entertaining and i thought it kind of started slow but it it did get into it right which is which is good and it was just a solid back and forth in the beginning each team sort of getting a chance to isolate the other and then yeah the action picks up near the end yeah which is kind of how you want a match to build so i'm okay with that defamilia having to use heel tactics to pick up a big win because they lost in that mini tag team tournament right so i think that made sense (laughs) and tournament and gallus can sort of take a loss here and it wasn't by clean it wasn't a clean loss i love how they keep referring to it as a tournament like it's just say like i guess i guess i mean what else can you call it but at the same time that's not tournament so I thought it was a good start to the show, actually. But. Yeah, I, I liked it. I 
I feel like it could have like maybe if there was a little more time could have picked up a bit more but yeah. I think it was generally like pretty good a good TV opener like I said started kind of slow but definitely got into it and yeah it was good yep uh, we then get uh, Carter and Smith what is it? Ashton Smith and I forget well, the Oliver Carter Oliver Carter they're talking about having much more experience as a team than Mastiff and Stars um, because they're going to face them next in the is that the finals of it right of the mini tournament <laughs> um, and that yeah. it is basically their time to win I find it really weird because neither of these teams seem like they keep saying, oh, two years for Oliver and Carter yeah. and Smith. But I'm like, really? Is it? And like, also, like, it is, but a lot neither of them have tag team names and neither of them seem like legit. And Carter and Smith, teams. it was a lot of them being like enhancement talent, basically. Exactly. Right? So, uh, I hardly call that experience. They cut to Mastiff speaking. He doesn't want Jack Stars to take Carter and Smith lightly. He says that he knows Ashton Smith really well and taught him everything he knows about tag team wrestling, which I had was not aware of or had forgotten then we cut back to smith who admits that mastiff taught him a lot but that he has learned a ton more since then jack stars kind of wraps it up saying that smith and carter better bring everything because they're going to need it so i don't know i thought it was a solid like straightforward promo right from both teams yeah um, i thought it was like um reminiscent of like the aw back and forth one yeah i don't think it was quite as good but like as good as they're gonna get i think Pretty... they they're they're really uh they their pre-produced things are pretty well done yes. considering how like small of a show this is like obviously it's still wwe producing them but right. like no they, they do, do a good job a, they always put in a good amount of effort into and them. i did like the reminder of smith and mastiff having history together because again i don't either don't remember or didn't that know. team doesn't really click for me just uh really doesn't work for me and odd couple tag teams are just done to death i'm starting to like uh carter quite a bit i we'll see. i don't mind them i still don't love either of the teams because they really don't feel like tag title quality yeah. and maybe but they're I, not i don't right? know how many teams they have really right they could be just placeholders i for honestly now. would have rather probably a pretty deadly rematch they don't seem realistic to beat mustache mountain right exactly. either of them but anyways uh devlin's quickly shown warming up backstage and then we get Ginny taking on a mall which I've enjoyed the build, like simple build to this over the past few weeks. I didn't even know we were getting this this week. I right. don't remember them advertising. Um, so we get holds encounters to start. Both women are looking pretty aggressive. Right sorry, I did think it was kind of interesting because like usually this is the squash match sector, right? Yes. So you kind of like all these matches are at least like competitive, legitimate yes. matches. Somewhere. You're right. Usually there's less, one right? like enhancement Exa yeah, yeah. wedged in the middle here. Right. Um, so we get a strike exchange before some stiff knees to Amal's midsection. Body slam didn't look great by Amal and a sliding kick to the head that looked better. Stomps and some arm targeting by Ginny then. Amal tries to fire up, but Ginny keeps hold of her arm to maintain the advantage. Amal finally lands a flurry, ending in a sunset flip, but Ginny pulls her hair to stop the momentum before going back to more knees to the midsection. We get a cool-looking octopus submission applied by Ginny, but Amal counters it with a hip toss eventually. Wasn't the cleanest-looking spot either, but it was okay. Kicks and clotheslines by Amal before a running boot to Ginny seated in the corner. Northern lights with a bridge by Amal. And she goes for the hope breaker. Um, but Ginny avoids it, then rains down some elbow strikes and pins Amal in the corner by putting her feet up on the second I was ropes. thinking it would be funny if they had an empty arena match and then she can take away all of her hope. Because uh, uh, fans. Hope broken. Yes. Uh, what did you think uh, of this one? Breaker. Um, I thought it was all right. Um... I don't know. I, I think I was like probably half watching it, but um, yeah. I didn't even. I knew that Ginny won, right, already, so which I thought was odd, but I guess the beat on the ropes makes sense. Prolongs things, um, I guess. So I don't know. If they're just gonna, I feel like another standard match would be kind of weird, but I feel like they'll just probably do that. But I, th I think it was solid, probably like worst match on the show, because the other two matches are 
much bigger. Right. But I mean, compared to like some of the squashes, I, I liked it because yeah. as like the the middle of the show match. Right? Yeah. And I think commentary helped out a bit because they pointed out how Ginny's been saying, well, she had a similar upbringing too, right? Like immigrant parents and a struggle sort of thing. And then commentary pointed out, but the difference was Ginny had money, right? Her family had money. So that would have made her time easier because she's trying to say like Amal right. and I are the same but I don't whine and moan and make it a big deal right so uh, I was impressed with Ginny which I was hoping to be I thought like her offense is pretty simple but it looks aggressive and kind of vicious the way she delivers it even her stomps and stuff look a little extra than what most people do I think Amal still needs some work as some of her stuff looked a bit awkward here but she definitely has potential um I think the finish made sense, but I thought the referee looked kind of stupid, right, for not noticing because the way she was lined up, it was like looking directly at them. And I can't, right. I don't know how she didn't notice Ginny climbing up on the ropes at the end, but I actually thought the match was pretty good. And I'm, I'm assuming like you, the finish indicates we're getting more of this, right? So I, I guess you're right. It's normally some sort of enhancement match here. So this was far better than that. So I was happy with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so next week, we learn that we're going to be getting a Japanese street fight with Mako Satomura defending the NXT yeah, UK. Yeah, and I was thinking it'd be funny if it's just all kendo sticks. <laughs> oh, I'm wondering. That was one of my questions is, what does a Japanese street fight like look like? What does that mean? But anyway, it's probably nothing. Um, so she's getting a rematch uh, with Blair Davenport, wants another shot at the title. So we get highlights from their first match and the post-match attack by Davenport after she lost. Uh, Davenport speaks, says she will show Mako how cold-hearted she can get. She, not the final boss, stood tall after their last match. Although you lost, Davenport. I don't right. know if that's details, I guess. Um, Mako says that the last time was a competition. This time, it's a fight. Back to Davenport. She says she's the rightful heir to the championship and isn't afraid of a street fight. Mako... Uh, I feel like that's a weird turn of phrase because how, how is she the heir? Like, I don't... What way is she the, the heir? It's just her way of saying she deserves it, I guess. I, I, don't I think it's just weird because I feel like heir would be like, Mako dies. You're related to her. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like, something like that. I don't see how I she's I think like... she's trying to imply she's I, royal I do and get important what she's whatever, saying, but, like, I feel like that's a re not the best phrasing. It's not working for you. Yeah. Mako says last time she beat Davenport. That is and true. this time she will destroy her. With a kind of stick. Uh, I thought of an effective back and forth kind of hype package ahead of their rematch. Um, yeah, I don't know what a Japanese street fight is. I like that they keep Mako's stuff short. I thought this was a good little package. I don't know. Standard well, for UK. It's always we, good. So this is a Japanese street fight, correct? Yes. And WWE is not um, against using swords, as we've seen. Right. Some katanas so, are coming in. Yeah, we got some katanas. Well, I mean, if... Sticks, katanas. What's another Japanese weapon thing? What we're protected by is that Vince, throwing stars. Vince doesn't even know UK exists, so he won't get his racist fingers on this match. That's true. So that's... Otherwise, it could be real Nigerian bad. drum fight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so as we mentioned, they do show us then fans leaving the arena ahead of the main <laughs> event, which we thought was kind of funny. That's really funny. And then they quickly cut to Dragunov getting ready backstage. And then a quick Nathan Frazier, he's backstage being asked about his loss to Walter, uh, last well, remember, week. Remember, you're supposed to say weird. It's Fraser. Fra oh yeah. Fraser. <laughs> it's so um, weird. losing to Walter who they called Walter, didn't they? Or did they even mention his name? I can't remember. I, I don't know. At, I think they said, I don't know. Actually. They, yeah, I don't Actually, know either. They might not have said his name at all. As he starts to answer, he's through. interrupted by Dee Familia, who asks what he's doing in their locker room. Fraser tries to congratulate them, but Dee Familia don't really want to talk to a loser. 
So Fraser leaves as the heels toast to drink their victory. So it looks like that's the next direction for D Familia. I don't know which no, one of them. But... I don't know if they faced off before. I feel like they could have, but I really would love Dempsey versus Fraser. I think yeah, that I'd would be so that. interesting. Any of them, actually, I would be interested to see. Yeah. We then get Andy Shepard, I guess the commentator guy. He's in the ring in the darkened arena. Is that his name? I feel like I, I, I think should so. know that. Um, so he's there explaining that, as you said, the empty arena stipulation means no DQ and falls count anywhere. And then that leads us to the main event, Jordan Devlin versus Ilya Dragunov for the NXT UK Championship. This one starts off surprisingly right away. Oh, yeah. Devlin just headbutts him. At, during the intro. I love the way he does headbutts. It's so different. Yeah. Um, so, again, I've really enjoyed the build to this. Each of them got a really cool vignette along the way. So Devlin, yeah, a sick-looking headbutt as Dragunov is just raising the title during the introductions. So, of course, the ref has to go and ask Dragunov if he wants to fight. And Dragunov says no when it's over. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, but baby faces are dumb, so he says yes. Dragunov, of course, agrees to carry on. So he's furious right out of the gate, lands two German suplexes, goes for a third, but Devlin holds on to the ropes and uh, lands a mule kick low blow. Devlin uh, ties Dragunov up in the ropes there, um, slaps him and taunts him, goes and gets a chair. But I think Dragunov kicks away the chair. So then uh, Devlin goes back out and gets a screwdriver, right? And he kicks away the screwdriver um, and finally escapes the ropes and clotheslines Devlin to the floor. We get chops and a back suplex to Devlin on the apron and a body slam on the floor. A uh, bunch more fighting on the floor. Dragunov lands a stiff clothesline and more chops and whips into the barricade. Devlin runs Dragunov into the steps. Then that finally uh, turns the tide in this one. Dragunov shoulder tackles Devlin through the barricade a bit later and throws him into some chairs. We get Devlin using a chair, or no, actually Dragunov first gets a chair shot to Devlin. He then suplexes Devlin over the barricade onto a pile of chairs for a near fall. Uh, Dragunov then, as they're kind of starting to fight backstage now, runs uh, Devlin into a table that has like a desktop computer set up on it. Dragunov dives through a table, right? I guess the idea was he was going for the, what is it, the Moscow Torpedo? That what Torpedo it's Moscow. Right. Come on. You're and that, so close. And that Devlin missed and he just kind of dove through the table. He then, um, Devlin slams Dragunov between two road cases. You thought that looked good, eh? Like his head actually kind of bounced yeah, off kinda, of the case. Yeah, yeah, Because there's this story going through that Devlin attacked um, Dragunov's eyes early, right? And he keeps going back yeah, to the face yeah, and yeah. eyes Yeah, yeah, That was actually a running thing. Yeah, I forgot about that, but yeah. Yeah, so he hits cool. a thumb to the eyes here and then Devlin hits a moonsault off of one of the cases onto Dragunov. We get back to the ring eventually, and Devlin lands a chair shot to Dragunov's back. I think they did, uh, like, when they were um, not in the ring, I think they did, like, I think they made good use of it. Like, it wasn't really, like, boring. And then, like, no, it they, wasn't just punch, punch, punch. They weren't there punch, for too long either, stuff. right? Yeah. So, no, it was, uh, it was pretty No, yeah, well done. they actually did stuff, right? Yeah. Vicious elbows by Dragunov turn the tide. He suplexes Devlin onto a chair. We then get a chair to the legs that knocks Dragunov off the top. Looks like he got whacked right in the shins with it, right? It probably hurt. And then Devlin hits the Devlin side, which looks cool all the time, for a near fall. Dragunov avoids a second Devlin side through a table, counters it with like a running Death Valley driver to Devlin through a table that's kind of leaning in the corner. So Dragunov then is like setting up for the his finisher again, and then he starts to sell like some eye issues. Devlin is taunting him and then hits a really nice looking brain buster for a near fall. Devlin then goes and gets zip ties from ringside, like really long ones, whips Dragunov with them a few times, and then ties Dragunov hands behind his, behind his uh, back. He should have used handcuffs, because as we know, they're very tough to very, open. <laughs> right? They're very uh, easy to use. Um, Devlin hits him with a chair, and then we do get the Torpedo Moscow with the hands 
bound behind his back. Dragon Ice, Dragon of sort of drags his body. I thought that on, was kind of cool. I saw that coming, yeah, but I still course. thought it was cool. Drags his uh, body onto Devlin to get the pin pinfall victory here. Um, oh, I noticed something. Yeah. Um, we got the WrestleMania X7 poster. It was on April 1st, right? Yeah. Which is April Fool's Day. It and is. So you know how Austin turned heel on that show? Yeah. He could have just been like, April Fool's. Just kidding. Like, still a face. Or like, he's like a face and then he's like, April Fool's, I'm a heel now. You know? Could have. Sorry, just noticed that. That's all right. It was funny. Uh, this was a very lengthy, really physical match. My, yeah, it was good. To nitpick it, like, I didn't love the lack of a crowd. I think a crowd would have added some energy to this. Yeah, and again, we just came I out of a... I did enjoy them, like, because you could just use all the chairs. Yes. Which is sick. But we just came out of a no crowd era, so... I would love I'd for like them to, like... Because, you know, Raw and SmackDown are usually in decent size. Yeah. Because they do an empty rematch. You just make the biggest ass chair pile and you just like do something on there that would be the best just a tsunami of chairs sure um i would have been happy with these two having like an epic competitive standard match because yeah they don't need a lot of weapons they're so good in the ring both of these guys but still like i don't want to take away from this these guys killed themselves and each other in this no, match it was still really good i think they would have uh, had a great match any like regardless yeah i found it really entertaining regardless um i just think with the crowd there to respond it would have I probably would have loved it a little bit more than I did. Definitely a very good match, no doubt. Dragunov is just amazing as this resilient fighter who takes a ridiculous amount yeah, of punishment you, and just never you, stops. Just even like his like sounds or like whatever he's saying. Intensity he's, is crazy. He's really, good. I used to hate it with like the contact and whatnot. Yeah, but honestly, he, he I really like him now. He's really good. Yeah. And Devlin is really good as this violent, relentless heel, right? Who just doesn't care. So. A very good to excellent main event. Hurt a bit by the stipulation for me. I just would have loved a crowd reaction to it. But yeah. uh, definitely a cool match. You yeah, uh, agree? Yeah, I really liked it. Like And like we said, like when they went backstage, it didn't really hurt it because they actually did stuff, right? Yeah, they kept like, the pace up and it wasn't just... They didn't just... just rely on like punches and stuff right. and then like maybe like a table bump or something. They did do that, but I thought it was funny. I would just drag it off, basically jumped through jumped it. Jumped through it, yeah. Um, But it, it worked. And I think they did like a lot of cool stuff. They incorporated like some good weapon use. And yeah, it would have helped have a crowd, but I think they did a really good job despite not having that. I so agree. I think it, it was really good. Um, and so yeah, like a good way to end the show. Yeah. Yeah, they're another like really enjoyable episode of right. NXT yeah, UK, I was gonna say, right? Because like I think all three matches delivered at least like a decent amount. Yep. Some more than others, of course, but like I think overall it was really good. And like the, the tag team segment was all right, right? And then the Sadamore Davenport Davenport one. Yeah, so if you had to throw a grade different. quickly. I since you're I wrapping that, up. like I don't know, I almost maybe even I'll be nice, I'll give it an A minus. Because yep. there's nothing really wrong with the show. I agree with you. All three matches, uh I enjoyed them for what they were, right? And the segments right. were solid too. I don't agree with Nigel because he's going off the air sort of saying that this was a match of the year contender. I don't think it was quite at that level. Maybe but for their brand. Yeah, but... it was an excellent, brutal match, right? Um that made both of these guys look great. So I would say I would say an A minus show this week at a, a, as well, and I'm glad Especially we sort of by their standards that we've settled into UK because it's been an enjoyable it, show. It definitely like surprised me in a good way. And and an hour is so easy to get through, right? Oh, yes, I so I miss easy. the days of short NXT. I mean, when it went two hours, it, it was still really good yep. at times. But I mean, hours definitely. I think 90 minutes would be perfect, but no one will ever do that. Right? They always want to book a full hour. They totally could on the network. Right? They could. They like, can do whatever they want. Exactly. Yep. But. All right, so that wraps up NXT UK, and we're going to get into talking about some other wrestling stuff in any other wrestling business. All right, so I'm quickly going to run through NXT 2.0, and then we'll you get to uh, 
Royal Rumble preview, yeah? Yes. So NXT starts out with a close-up of the Dusty Cup trophy, and then the camera pulls back. We see that MSK are on either side of it. So they talk about debuting during the Dusty Cup last year and winning the whole thing. Lee goes to almost touch the cup. Carter stops him. As we all know, that is the kiss of death. He can't do that, which is you fair. You can't. You can't touch the cup. You can't unhook the briefcase. You can't raise the title. Right. Uh, Carter stops him. Their music hits. They head to the ring. And the opener is MSK versus Jacket Time in a Dusty Cup quarterfinal match. Jacket Time. <laughs> so this is a fast pace right away. Uh, but Lee goes for that. You know that Superman diving pinfall thing? And he misses it and has to like walk himself backwards to get it which was a little bit awkward um then jacket time with combination running palm strikes and jacket punches in the corner carter hits a nice flurry to jiro um ending with a shoot running shooting star press that looked good jiro a bit later hits a crunchy to lee for a near fall um which is what uh chuck taylor does that one right jacket time so. jacket time miscommunication leads to jiro missing a senton kushida counters the shoving moonsault move into a hoverboard lock which was pretty cool but then MSK right after that basically hits their, uh, what is it, the blockbuster, spinebuster finisher for the win in about 11 and a half minutes. Um, honestly, this was like a classic sprint, uh, very fun sprint of an opener. I would say the crowd is really into it, but I honestly can't tell how much of the crowd noise is organic and how much is piped in, right? <laughs> you so, can't really say that anymore. No, it seemed like the crowd was hyped, but and they probably were because it was a really fast, fun match. Um, it was a million miles an hour the whole time. I thought it was a good opener for the show. We then go backstage and it's EO and Zoe Stark talking. Zoe says she won't be healed and ready for the Dusty Cup. She wants EO to find a new partner, but EO doesn't want one. So, which I found was interesting, right? Because EO's always like, I don't like you. I don't yeah, like you. Yeah, but I guess they're already... And she doesn't like anyone. Her, I don't so, know. like, she at least she knows her. Right. Yeah. And, and to be fair, Stark did point that out. Like, she's kind of like, oh, you're starting to like me, huh? So it's not like they didn't address that kind of issue there. Uh, but Tiffany Stratton walks up, mocks Zoe Stark's outfit, and says she'll beat EO one-on-one tonight. Okay, Tiffany Stratton. Uh, and then <laughs> funny the thing. segment ends with EO angrily... Uh, speaking in Japanese as Stratton walks off. So I don't think Stratton or Stark are very good on the mic, but this was super short. And again, they sort of cleared up the disconnect of Io not wanting to um, ditch Zoe, even though of weeks and weeks of saying she doesn't like Zoe. So they did address it at least, which I liked. She doesn't like her, but she knows her. Likes her better than everyone else, I guess. That's reasonable. I, guess, I don't like, like anyone, but I like... Right, no, yeah. I dislike I, you less. I dislike you the least. <laughs> right. Uh, so Grimes then talks about Tony D'Angelo ahead of their match tonight. He said, tonight we'll see who the bigger, tougher man is. Grimes will drop D'Angelo off in Little Italy because Grimes is on his way to Vengeance Day to face Carmelo Hayes to take the North American Championship yeah, to NXT the NXT Vengeance moon. Day, which is just, right. they're taking the takeover names and just removing takeover, which it, I hate it because it sounds so weird, but I also don't hate it because now takeovers are saved. That brand is sacred. Do not mess with it. Exactly. So this one, it, there was still a reference to Grimes and the millionaire gimmick. Because I, I don't know if you remember last week, but D'Angelo started listing all of his friends. And I think Grimes was saying his friends were all the faces on money as he was showing money. But right. anyways, um, so I thought it was a solid Grimes promo. Uh, and a little more subtle, but still doing the millionaire, the redneck millionaire gimmick. Yeah. Legato in the ring to speak. And it's Escobar cutting a promo on Braun Breaker. He's basically annoyed that people consider Breaker a big star already. I think you're going to agree with Escobar all yeah, the way here. Yeah, um, he's runner-up for PWI uh, rookie. Oh, nice. 
He says that he and Braun have similar, similar backgrounds, but Escobar is not impressed or intimidated by Breaker. Escobar despises Braun and how he's been given so many opportunities and that he got the NXT championship before Escobar did. This obviously brings out Braun Breaker. He walks to the ring. Braun thinks Escobar is great, but insecure, and that he needs the rest of his group, while Braun was taught to handle his business himself. He tells Escobar, you just got to issue the challenge and he will accept it. Escobar says he'll do it when it's time, and Braun will know when it's time, and then he just sort of leaves the ring. Wild and Mendoza then try to hop back in and sneak attack Braun, but of course, Braun Breaker easily fights them off and stands tall. So I like this. I liked Escobar's heel rationale, right? Like, basically, like, I'm sort of never had this championship, and you just show up, and you're given all these opportunities. Like, it kind of makes sense to me, so I like that. Uh, it felt realistic, right, on a show that is often very cartoonish to me so a little bit of reality was nice i liked it that's new for them right we get a boa sokoa vignette where boa talks about um once he harnesses his powers he'll be unstoppable uh and then we're shown some highlights of his issues with sokoa the fireball and all of that kind of stuff sokoa gets a brief comment here he doesn't care where or how but he has his war paint on which he does have some face paint tonight and he's ready to fight um then we do get solo sokoa versus Boa in a no DQ match. So Boa attacks Sokoa immediately with kendo sticks as Sokoa is, is making his entrance still. Boa then fills the rings with chairs and a garbage can, but gets caught with a Samoan drop as he re-enters the ring. Boa repeatedly hits Sokoa with a chair. We get a butterfly suplex to Sokoa onto a trash can that actually looked quite good. Then they start to brawl backstage. Boa uses a ladder to hit Sokoa until Sokoa turns the tide and tackles the ladder up against Boa into, I think it was like a a rolling garage door that gets very dented and then a bit later in it it's funny because they damage this garage door but part of the match is that boa is supposed to open the garage door but it, he struggles because it's been like damaged so i don't think they planned for that but as he does that he gets a fire extinguisher blast into his face they head back to the ring boa run is run into three chairs that are set up in the corner and then takes a super kick we get a top rope splash by sokoa through a table on the floor that looked pretty good and sokoa no surprise picks up the win after about eight minutes I thought it was about as good as you could expect from these two in the time they were given. This isn't my favorite type of match generally, but I thought these two worked pretty well together. And the stipulation for me, I think, helped hide some of Boa's limitations, I think. So a solid hardcore match with the expected result. But like, where do you go with Boa now? Because this was face paint Boa, right? So this is like... He was face paint And he Boa. lost decisively. So... Are they going to go with he just hasn't harnessed the power yet, I guess, is what they're going to say? Because <laughs> in theory, he's supposed right. to be in the face paint with the soul of Mei Ying, and he got beat decisively. So I'm not sure where they're going to go with him. But the match itself was about as good as you could expect, I guess. Uh, promo from Imperium where Walter says, did you hear this, his explanation? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yes, that the name he's used has been from his grandfather, but he's moving into the future with his own name and identity. So hence ditching the Walter name, I guess. They're moving into a new age with a future led by a man who will spread fear and pain through WWE. Gunther. <laughs> I thought it's kind of like... Um, That's maybe, weak. Maybe lazy is too strong of a word, but it's close to that, right? Like, oh, that wasn't my real name. This is my real name. Um, at least they tried to explain it, I guess, in some way, but whatever. Duke Hudson versus Guru Raj is next. So Hudson is super aggressive right out of the gate and wins a squash with a, a razor's edge where he doesn't release the guy. So it's like a razor's edge. And then he seems to add some force by grabbing you around the waist too. It kind of looked cool. After the match, Dante Chen comes out to the ramp. 
says that he's giving Hudson the respect that Hudson didn't give Chen last week. Because he, he's an idiotic baby face. He, baby faces are stupid. He heads to the ring and Hudson quickly attacks Chen's recently healed leg, of course. Um, so I know this was a squash, but at least it's further evidence that the poker gimmick is gone for Duke Hudson, which no, is... No, it was on his Tron. I saw it on his Tron. So but he's not... still said Duke's poker room. He's not dressed or doing anything with it. So I think it's slowly just dissolving, hopefully for his sake anyways. And he does look really aggressive the last couple of weeks. So I fully approve of a reboot if that's what this is. Um, and I'd have to say Chen is pretty comfortable on the mic compared to a lot of NXT um, young talent at this point. So Mackenzie's backstage with Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. Persia likes Duke's new aggressive side. Here we go. <laughs> but Indy ironically tells her to fo- focus. Aren't they both Australian or whatever? Oh, yeah, that's probably true. I think so. Persia says that Indy's been training her butt off recently and they're one step closer to winning the championships. Kaylee Ray comes in, talks about how Toxic Attraction don't deserve their titles. Jack agrees. Tonight. Jack <laughs> agrees? Yeah, that's what? you. You agree. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Tonight, they will stake their claim to Toxic Attraction's titles. Ray says the next photo shoot Toxic Attraction does will be without those titles. So I just really hope Persia Parada is not entering into a romance angle with Hudson, right? Like, it seems like we're just getting away from some of those. Um, but I don't know. Maybe they feel the need to constantly have some sort of romance on the go. But the rest... Yeah, well, I mean, the right, right, because... Um index is done thank god yep uh the logato one done, done. so this one's next and right. then feels um, like it uh oh um then we also go to carter catanzaro versus and oh um, and jensen and the rednecks that's right uh so the rest of this promo was fine i don't know it was decent anyways mckenzie then asks why santos didn't accept Braun breaker's challenge Mendoza and Wild take over instead and complain about being taken out by Braun. So Escobar says Breaker made a mistake and they're going to have to fight him two-on-one unless he can find a friend, which is highly unlikely. So Santos says Breaker's growing pains will continue. It'd be funny if they recited this from NXT UK. Haha, <laughs> that'd be funny. Because this is like the formulaic build, right? So now right. before you guys meet, that got to meet in a tag team. But it, it was fine, I guess. Standard stuff, but nothing bad compared to some things they've done in the past. We then get Indy Hartwell, Persia Parada, and Kaylee Ray taking on all three of Toxic Attraction. Um, So it starts out with Mandy Rose avoiding facing off with Kaylee Ray, of course. Then we get basic stuff to start with Toxic Attraction. I just thought Kaylee Ray's probably going to do the job. Of course she is. Basic stuff with Toxic Attraction getting control of Indy early. Suplex by Rose, and she cheap shots Kaylee Ray off the apron. Backbreaker, sorry, clothesline combo by Indy and Parada. Kaylee Ray sent off the top onto toxic attraction oh, sorry a senton off the top onto tax toxic attraction on the floor the heels isolate hartwell for quite a while after that and eventually parada gets the hot tag things break down kaylee ray grabs her bat but misses rose hitting the steps and the ring post chases mandy rose up the ramp away from the ring and they are gone from the match we get a kick and it's the sit out tko is what i call it by persia parada for the win 13 and a half minutes which is probably a bit too long for this i thought it was just okay Jane and Dolan do some good things, but they also seem to have their issues at times. And they were in control of the bulk of like the middle of this match and not everything they do looks super clean to me. Textbook WWE booking again with the faces earning the title shot by beating the champs in like a trios match. Pretty standard stuff. I don't think it was a bad match, but it wasn't great. And at 13 minutes, I felt like it was a bit lengthy. We then get a quick vignette about Idris Inafe and Malik Blade. Blade can't believe they're in the semis. And Inafe says they could go all the way. Inafe says uh, 
Then Malik can ask out Mandy Rose if they win. What? Yeah, that's here we go. You need romance. <laughs> Blade is, so but bad. I felt I felt this was coming off as more like jokey, jokey, not like it's actually gonna happen. Yeah, it's still it's, yeah. So Blade is skeptical, but Anofe points out that they didn't have a chance to make it this far in the tournament, and then he runs down all the upset wins they've had. He says it's time to keep grinding, and after that, win the NXT tag team titles and ask out Mandy. Blade says they'll see. Inafe says if he asks out Mandy, Inafe will take will ask out Gigi and jc so what we're gonna get hell? a th- we're gonna get a thruple <laughs> <laughs> so i actually enjoy these poly. i enjoy these guys a little bit and i never thought that i would um they work together for me and this was kind of amusing even though they're hinting at romance but i don't think it's anything serious because i don't think super baby faces are going to be dating mega heels right so i think this I was am, yeah mandy's definitely not going to want to malik blade come on so I think this was more for comedic effect than any sort of future story. So I was okay with it. Earlier today, we see Cora Jade walks up to Raquel Gonzalez while she's working out with some pretty heavy weight and asks again about teaming up with Raquel for the Dusty Cup. Raquel says no again. Cora says... Why is the women's one so far behind? I don't know. It's weird. Um, Jade asks if she needs to lift the same weight that Gonzalez was lifting. Maybe they don't want to overload it. I guess. Raquel says Cora isn't ready for the Dusty tournament, and Cora says that she is. Yes, because it would be all tag team matches, and Vince oh, and them don't want that. That would suck. Um, so they keep talking back and forth. Cora says to let her prove it and tries to slap Gonzalez. So this looks like it might be coming to a head, but Gonzalez grabs her hand and says, don't push me. Uh, so I like Gonzalez. She came across as kind of intimidating here by the end. Cora Jade still needs work on the mic and in the ring everywhere, basically, but... She's definitely getting reps in every week, right? Like she's on the show every week. So hopefully she can get better. Uh, Dusty Cup match. Grizzled Young Veterans taking on Andre Chase and the Sorry. the head of the class student, which is Bodie Hayward. Um, so I think Bodie is such a bad name. It's like a surfer dude name to me. I don't know well, if that was the and plan. It's like just do Brody or do something better. Oh, eventually they will, I'm sure. Eventually it'll be down to one name. <laughs> So Chase and Hayward... No, I mean, sorry, I meant Brody instead of Bodie. Oh, Brody. Chase and Hayward isolate Drake early with the rookie tagging it really quickly each time. It becomes pretty clear that he is not very experienced at all. He's got a good look. He actually reminds me of like a young Billy Gunn. Uh, blind tag to Gibson sets up... Yeah, that's up, a real compliment. Sets up a spike shoulder breaker to Chase on the floor as the heels take over the match. Hot tag to Hayward. Like a spike pile driver but a shoulder breaker, right? right? Okay. That sounds weird. Um, a hot tag to Hayward who basic stuff but he catches gibson out of the air and slams him distraction by drake allows gibson to hit a throat chop on hayward and the heels knock chase off the apron i think it was a drop drop kick by drake and they hit a double code breaker instead of the ticket to mayhem boo which is a sick move right Dude, I so remember. i don't know it's like is hayward not ready to take it maybe like yeah like remember gibson did like the weird like i think it was like out of the like he's like the guy's like sitting on him and then he does like the the twisting suplex and then he does like the 450 splash right. and he got the ticket to mayhem or ticket they, to mayhem is sweet i was got disappointed a crap load of sick tag moves and they like, do i remember i i should watch that match where they when they won the tag titles you I like that watch, like, that was um that's why james drake's my boy so gyv pick up the win here in five minutes uh pretty quick match <laughs> I thought I didn't love, but I mean, it's more of what they've been doing. Uh, Drake looked weak to start because he just got dominated by the baby faces Drake? for a bit. Wow. So I, I didn't love that. But at least the veterans picked up the win here because they've been made to look pretty weak since the, the veterans like since the rebirth of in the, their name and because the, they're veterans. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Hayward is clearly really, really new, so they kept him his involvement really brief, which is probably smart. Again, reminds me of Billy Gunn. I thought it was an okay five-minute match with Chase and Hayward are baby faces now, I guess, because the crowd was kind of behind them. I guess because it's like, or there's also the the there is the Chase section. anniversary section. Yes, right? there is. Or maybe it's because like they're. I don't know. You could probably swing that into a baby face thing if you want. I think it kind of works better as a heel. I think even further evidence that they are baby faces is after the match, Von Wagner comes to the ring, takes out Bodie Hayward, oh. then gets Chase on his shoulder for a Death Valley driver. Uh, Robert Stone steps in the ring, hands Wagner a suit jacket, and as I expected, and I think you did too, Robert Stone has paid Wagner's fine and got him reinstated. I get the paying the fine. But how, how do you, do you get, exactly. maybe he paid a bribe, I guess, would be a so possibility. So paid more money? <laughs> right. For a blue chipper. Uh, so you basically got your great value, Heyman and Lesnar. That's right. And I. Dollarama. Yes. And I use that like very literally, like he's just worse. Stone says Wagner's reinstated and under new management. So I, it makes sense, right? Robert Stone can talk. Von Wagner can't, so I, this combination is logical. Von um, Wagner can't do a lot of things. It can only help Wagner going forward, I think. And maybe we'll get to see a serious Robert Stone instead of just the absolute comedy afterthought that he's been, because he's capable of better, for sure. Yeah. Grayson Waller. I remember when he was with the Chelsea Green and it was decent, and then it just descended into a I remember him as a tag team with um, All right, well, a reality TV team. guy. I forget his name now. Anyways, Grayson Waller cuts a promo saying LA Knight thought he had him in his sights, but he's better than ever and has one of the biggest stars in Bollywood as his secret service. He says he wants to make sure Knight reads the restraining order properly, sort of implying that Knight might struggle with some of the big words because it would be a shame if he ended up in jail. If Knight gets around the restraining order, Waller will be waiting, but his muscle will be waiting to meet him first. Um... Would you be able to quickly look up the new guy's name? Because I didn't catch it. I think I they mentioned it. I actually saw it. him on WWE.com. That's funny. When we were um doing the Rumble thing Because I didn't catch what it was. I actually did see. I think it's Sanga. So Waller, that sounds close. Waller's a really Sanja? good heel. And they shot this from a low camera angle. So it made his enforcer of course they did. look uh, humongous. Um, and again, I, I mentioned earlier, I've seen a rumor that Knight is shortlisted for the main roster. So hopefully he puts Waller over on the way out would be nice. Because I kind of like Waller. That is the thing, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, then we get an update. Odyssey Jones has suffered a ruptured, I think it was patella oh, no. tendon in his knee and is out for a while. I really hope that they use that time to like change his character, right? And bring yeah, him... it's Sanga. Sanga. I don't know how you're going to pronounce I think it's Sanga, but that's how it's spelled, as I mean. So I'm hoping they bring... Um, jones back as like a monster instead of like the happy baby face that has not worked for me at all so far so he still sucks I, I don't think he's good in the ring but uh we then get speaking of good in the ring it's tiffany stratton taking on io shirai <laughs> so stratton uses you were her... talking about stratton right Cause she's really yes, good she's amazing stratton uses her athleticism early to Eo avoid io sends io shirai to the floor io hits a flapjack and a shotgun drop kick for a two count Hair pull of a, off of a rope break gives Stratton the advantage, and she applies a submission chokehold of some type. We get the tumbling corner clothesline by Stratton that she actually hit this time. It looked way better than the last time she attempted it, so that's something. Palm strike, running double knees, body slam, and a moonsault for the Io Shirai win in just over four minutes. And I mean, for a four-minute match, this was fine. Stratton didn't make any really noticeable glaring mistakes this week. She kept things pretty simple. Io gets a convincing win. And Stratton didn't embarrass herself. So I think that's basically all you could hope for from this. Malcolm Bivens then, um, he's speaking, mocking the name of Gunther and says it should be dumbass. 
He says it's not a new beginning for Imperium. I would mock the name too, but that's not a very nice name to call him. It's, it's not a new beginning for Imperium. It's the beginning of the end. The Creeds will take the tag titles. Roddy Strong will chop him down to size. And Ivy Nile will stretch him. He proposes a six-man tag match for next week. Now, while I don't agree with them being of Imperium, I do agree that that name's the beginning of the end. <laughs> Creed's, I hope not. Creed's call Imperium European pretty boys. And Roddy oh. says that no one works harder than him. And Walter's last win over roddy will never happen again so as always great work by bivens subpar work subpar work by the other ones but that's kind of what you, you expect dare to say right? that about roddy roddy's awful you dare i love roddy but man he never learned to you, speak in 20 whatever years of wrestling you love roddy but you also don't like roddy right. uh the main event is up next but first trick and mellow are there to introduce oh, oh buddy i forgot about Ollie this. J. <laughs> have you heard anything about this this is something else so I saw that happened they introduce ollie j who performs the nxt theme song make him fall and is this she a wrestler or is she I like i don't know a what she's person? doing I, she's a music person i think but a music person she shouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> not to be rude um it's like another bad music performance she, you can think of. bad bunny she doesn't sound good and she has zero charisma and presence. It looks like like she didn't want to be there. I would actually recommend you watch it at some point just okay. to see how bad it is. So they, as she's performing, quote unquote, not to be rude, they mix in sort of clips of D'Angelo and Grimes as, as she's doing her thing. So it was really bad. It was the low point on the show, but kind of like so bad it was funny kind of territory. So I don't know. So D'Angelo is then backstage. He says he'll beat Grimes and go on to challenge Hayes for the North American title. Tiffany Stratton's backstage on her phone complaining to Daddy about the referee. She says, hold on, walks up to Wendy Chu, who says that um, Stratton shouldn't feel bad because everybody loses to Io. Uh, Tiffany slaps Wendy's drink out of her hand, calls her a freak, and walks off. Wendy says she's not a freak, just comfortable. Wait, she likes to sleep? What a freak. Right? Well, I think it's more like you wear a onesie to wrestle and like a sleep mask. Okay, yeah, she's That's a, a little bit weird. So honestly, this was a few few seconds long and just to further establish what we already know about these two, I, I had no problem with it. It was quick. Main event time. Rich girl versus sleepy girl. Sleepy, like lazy, not beautiful girl. Oh my God. That's so, oh, that's so them. Cameron Grimes taking on Tony D'Angelo for a North American title shot. And I am really, really torn on Tony D'Angelo because this is yet another like impressive in-ring performance from this guy who has one of the weakest characters I could imagine. So I don't know what to think about him. But anyways, we'll talk about the match. We got holds and counters, a PK to D'Angelo uh, by Grimes from the apron. Grimes is then in control with kicks and chops before D'Angelo pulls his hair, hits a belly-to-belly -belly suplex. D'Angelo stays in control for quite a while here, including a backbreaker, a suplex, until Grimes hits a Hurricane Rana that looked pretty nice. Running forearms by Grimes, but he misses a corner attack and takes another belly-to-belly -belly overhead from D'Angelo. Moonsault crossbody, obviously, by Grimes at one point for a near fall. We got a leg trap overhead suplex that sends Grimes into the turnbuckle that looked good. Grimes then slips off the ropes, not intentionally, I don't think, and kind of does a take-two really quickly, at least. Hits a moonsault before a high crossbody off the top for a two-count. Grimes calls for the cave-in, but D'Angelo escapes to the floor, and Pete Dunne shows up, hits D'Angelo with a cricket bat as the ref is distracted. Oh, come on, a cricket bat? Yepper. And That's so stupid. So basically, I can't remember if Dunne put D'Angelo back in the ring. He probably did. Anyways, Be more stereotypical, please. It's a cave-in from Grimes, and he wins the match in under 12 minutes. 
Um, I thought it was a good match. And like I'm saying, if D'Angelo had a different character, I think I'd get behind him because I like suplexes and throws. And this guy has a whole lot of different ones. Um, at the end of the day, I wish Grimes could have won clean, but the finish makes sense, right? It allows Dunn to get back on the show. So I guess maybe he's not on main roster yet. Um. I'm still on WWE's website. I'm looking at the alumni section. It's really funny. There's a big cast and Big Daddy V. Nice. Um, so it gets done back on the show, gets him back involved with D'Angelo, and gets Grimes a title shot that I don't imagine he'll win, but it's a good matchup anyway. It should be a good match. So I thought a solid main event that I enjoyed, and uh, I kind of like D'Angelo, in ring at least. Nice. So then Braun is shown leaving the building with his suitcase because that's what you got to do in NXT. You have to have luggage, a championship, or a vehicle. Otherwise, you're dead. He's asked about who his tag team partner will be, and he basically says he doesn't care. Legato drive up quickly. They get out looking like they're going to attack Braun Breaker here. But no, because who shows up to back up? Did you hear this? Yes. It is so stupid. Tommaso Ciampa. Not like he lost the title to the guy. So he stands with Braun and Legato change their minds and leave as Braun and Ciampa sort of fist bump to end this week's show. So overall, honestly, not a terrible episode of NXT. It's nice to say that. They seem to cut back on the cartoonish stuff I hate. And the pace was less frantic than some weeks. Like they felt like this. They weren't trying to get too much stuff in. The pace made sense to me. Really enjoyed the opener, enjoyed the main event. Nothing made me cringe or angry this week, but I don't think anything was amazing either. So I'm proud to say I can get this show up into the B range. I gave it a pretty solid for them B minus this week, a vast improvement from last week and many weeks of this show. So kind of almost worth watching, I think, this week, actually. I did not dis, uh, did not hate anything about this show, so that's nice to say. Nice. All right, time for you, for me to sip on booster juice and talk about uh, you're going to set up our royal rumble preview that is correct so um yeah we're gonna preview and put in our predictions for royal rumble tonight um so there's actually not like i noticed there's not a ton well they got two rumble Rumble matches that are going to be an hour right so there's two hours so not surprising um so becky lynch versus dewdrop um i took (laughs) becky lynch because i think becky's on a solid run i don't think dewdrop is going to is the one to take it there is no universe where dewdrop wins right i will take becky lynch We'll take Becky Lynch all day. Um, in what they're calling the It Couple versus the Grit Couple. Gross. Uh, Ms. Maurice versus Edge and Phoenix. Uh, I was gonna pick Edge and Beth, aka the Grit Couple, air mm-hmm. quotes. Um, because but I don't like Beth, and since Edge won at day one, I feel like this is the heels win via shenanigans and we it set up a be. mania rematch. That just seems so them. So I really I'm like your pick logic. Ms. Maurice. But your logic is logical, and that doesn't apply in WWE? No, that's not logical. That's them. That's me thinking oh. that, like what they are going to do. So I will take the grit couple. I just <laughs> I just think that they're determined to just keep Edge winning, 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 winning. That's true. Well, so, he doesn't even have to take the loss. That's true. But I think uh, they'll win. Well, also shenanigans. But anyways. Um, and so I don't even know if this is going to be on the card, but I feel like it's something they'll throw on the kickoff or add last minute. So just in case that they sure. do put it on uh usos viking raiders because i know viking raiders did earn a title shot and i assume it would be at the rumble even if it's just on the kickoff so just in, in the event that it is on here um i picked usos because in what universe are they losing to the viking raiders wish i could disagree but yeah the usos win that that they're they're involved in an actual storyline and the viking raiders are just kind of there mm-hmm. unfortunately because they're awesome yeah um next uh lesnar versus lashley for the wwe title 
Um, I picked Lashley because get the title off of Lesnar. He has actually been better than usual lately. I've noticed like he's actually like seems to be putting in some effort and whatnot. But I don't really think he needs any more sustained title runs. I'm kind of fed up with that. Um, and I don't really think Lashley needs another run either. But I prefer that to the alternative. Wow. And he can just drop it to someone. I feel like Lashley has a decent chance to win. I kind of think Lashley wins and then Brock might win the Rumble. No. You don't want, I know you don't want that, but uh, do I take... I feel oh, like both of them have a decent chance of winning, to I be honest. I do, too, but... and they, I usually don't pick against Lesnar. It's almost like the Charlotte rule I have. Uh, okay, I'll take Lesnar just to... All right. But then I might hedge my bets and take him to win the Rumble still. Does that <laughs> so make you're sense? You're just willing to be wrong either way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, that, that's, it's called that's, hedging. That's I get one um, at least. So next, Seth Rollins for Roman Reigns for the Universal Title. Um, I really want to pick Rollins. I really do. I'll freak out if he wins because that'll be sick. But I think Roman deserves to lose at Mania. Not that he deserves to lose. I mean, he deserves <laughs> yeah. to have a big on the biggest like, stage to put it over big, right? And I think there's still some work to be done for Rollins character-wise if they're going to set him up to win the title. Yep. Um, I think he's still a little too heel, in my opinion. But I have noticed in these segments, he definitely is less heelish and he's yep. being cheered more. Um, I think um, he'd be a solid pick to win the Rumble too, kind of like what your logic with Brock. And then they can shift him to babyface or even try anti-hero, dare I say. Yeah, possibly. Um, but for now, it's Reigns. Definitely Reigns because Roman Reigns. Yeah, I don't think it's quite time for Reigns to lose. I'm not as confident as i have been which is a compliment to rollins i think but i will also yeah, take Roman I think rollins is the best challenger yep. he's had in a bit i just don't think it's time yet all right uh women's royal rumble match we'll do three picks each um just to run down the participants quick yep carmella dana brooke nikki ash queen Zelina, rhea ripley tamina Aaliyah, charlotte flair naomi natalia Shayna baszler shotzi brie bella lita nikki bella kelly kelly michelle mccool mickey james Summer Rae, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Sasha Banks, and Sonya Deville. All right. Um, so uh, I went with my first pick, which yep. is the one you want you pick like the most. Yep. Or like that you think will win the most. So why don't we make it like um, this? For if your first pick gets it, you get three points. If your second pick two, if your last pick one. Okay. You know what I mean? So hold on. Let me make a note of that. So we somewhere. get one point for each. So you get rewarded if you're first pick gets right picked. i think we've done that before but so what second pick is what two points so three two one okay so like reverse right uh third pick. so who's your first pick let's go your first pick then i'll take mine we'll go back and okay, forth so my first pick is bianca belair i think that's okay. a pretty repeat eh? safe one yeah um i don't they haven't done one yet i think she'd be a great choice to do so and i think she's like then that could maybe She's awesome. give, revitalize her a I bit hope too because so, they dropped the then ball. They, they could have her beat Becky instead. Right. Oh, re you can redo that. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to. I don't know if this is a stretch or not, but my first pick is going to be Bailey. Bailey. I think she comes back and she's a big name. I and put her in. Um, if she's ready to go, I don't. I even picked know. her for one of my surprise entrants. Nice. So I'm going to take Bailey first. Who's um, your second choice? My second pick because I am still very bitter and I just because suck it to them uh my second pick is shana baszler okay nice i'll never way to throw her. away that one good yeah i don't care i'll always pick <laughs> well her. you then, might suggest i'm then, throwing away my second pick uh, too i'll know off chance i'm right then haha -ha. right i'm gonna say lita as my second pick wow i feel like there's this one wow. more one more run thing that, i have noticed that that's they're gonna pull a goldberg possibly something like that um my third pick is kind of an uh odd one as well kind of along the lines of bailey's i pick sasha banks 
Okay. I think she might have a decent chance she, of winning. She, she just came back. She did? She okay. did get confirmed as well. So Makes sense. Yeah, so I picked her. And I'll take, not to double up, but I do think she's possible. That's Bel Air. I'll take All her right. for You're my gonna go third choice. Me. Nice. All right. Um, so men's rumble match. Um, participants are Donnie Knoxville of Jackass fame. There you go. There's uh, my winner. Done. Right. <laughs> uh, Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, Austin Theory, Sheamus, Damian Priest, AJ Styles, Biggie, Happy Corbin, Mad Cat Moss, Sami Zayn, Kofi Kingston, Kevin Owens, Omos, Randy Orton, Riddle, Chad Gable, Otis, Dolcego, Robert Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, Rick Boogs, and Ricochet. So Oof. for my first pick, I did. I actually want to say honorable mention to Riddle because um, I think he has decent chances, but yep. chances are we get an RK Bro feud for Mania. Honestly, like that yeah, just probably. seems where they go. It's about time. So, but honorable mention to him. Um, so my first pick because I don't know. I he's not confirmed yet, but I think there's a decent chances. I'm going with Rollins. Okay. I feel like they don't do repeat winners a lot, but there a decent amount of time has passed. Like it's been a few years now since he last won. Yep. And I feel like it would be honestly be a good time for him, and he's a credible guy too. So. Yep. For I think sure. all adds up for solid bet. I'll take Lesnar just because Lesnar. And I'm, again, hate, I'm hedging. I hate you so much. If he loses the title, he's one of the f- right. few remaining entrants and kills everyone. And then he oh. gets a main event shot then at Mania, right? he gets sent right? to death row. <laughs> so, and he's been good on the mic from what I understand. So Compared to his shrieks. Him with, his, with the briefcase might be funny. Okay, so, so my second him. pick is um, just because I feel like there's a decent chance, although he's kind of slid down a lot. I'm going to go with Big E. He okay. would have been my first pick, but I'm not as I'm not as keen on that anymore. Right. Mine, I'm going... I'm stretching a bit for this one just because I think that Vince likes him. So I'm going to say Austin Theory. And it's, I actually took Austin Theory for my it's third It's like his, his coming out and we get a heel with the briefcase, yep. which is better, right? So um, so I took Theory for my third, third pick. So who's your last one? My last one. So I'm not going to take Big E because you did. I'll go a little bit weird and say Kevin Owens just because I want him he to. He was one of my kind of story outside right bets, now, right? So. right? so that's what I was thinking. Like, as if Rollins were to win now, Owens would be a solid bet. But I think Rollins should probably win more. So I'll take, and I'll take a shot then with Owens. I'm thinking for both women's and men's, we'll, we'll get some surprise entrance because why not? Yeah. I actually haven't finished mine because I, I just kind of ended last minute and slowly think it through so we can kind of talk about this one more. But so far, all I got for men's is first bray wyatt i think mm-hmm. there's a decent chance he comes back really because people are saying like aew people went on that's all kind of far-fetched i think, fetched. I think bray wyatt has at least decent chances right like the only aew person i could see possibly is jericho okay do you want to put him in anywhere uh sure i can't think of any just to wanna... go crazy i'll uh, take jericho one two three sure which one uh jericho i'll put as my third so lesnar's my first because he's for not surprise entrance yeah he's not scheduled right that's true He's not listed, so that counts as a surprise to me. Oh, wait. I can put in Rollins. Yep. Okay. I'll put in Rollins as my second because I already put Bay. So I'll take Lesnar, Jericho, and Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker. Easily. I'll, I'll put that in too. That's a pretty safe bet. Or actually, no. You take Breaker since you took him. I'll take Ellie Knight. That is also a solid pick. I get some NXT representation, right? Okay, and then women? so for women's, I've already thought Bailey and Ronda Rousey. Yes, for sure, those two as well. So, Rousey, I'll take Bailey first. Okay, so hold on. Uh, Bailey, and then where do you want Rousey? Third or second? I'm trying to think of who my other one's going to be. Probably somebody from NXT. I'll take Gonzalez second. Ooh, nice. Rousey I'll, third. I'll take her as well after. That's pretty good. Or actually, no, just to differentiate again, but I think it's also likely when I'll take EO, actually. 
That's probably smart. Just so well. we have a bit of differentiation, but I think also decent chances. This is weird because it's one of the pay-per-views I'm least confident in my picks. Usually, like, despite not watching main roster, it's, like, very easy yeah. and I'm, like, 80 Rumble to 90% right. Rumble fun, rate. though, because it's very unpredictable. Yep, should be fun. Yep, um, and that is it. All right, so we'll move into the last segment. Jack's going to update us on the world of wrestling action figures in a segment called Figuring It Out with Jack. Um, so they kind of revealed a decent amount of stuff throughout the week. I'll go from, actually, I'll go from top, bottom to top, because basics are lame. <laughs> Poor basics. They suck. It's been, uh, I'm Except glad there's something. It's been late flat. the last yeah. little while. Um, so it includes, so basic 129, we got images for that. We got Carmella in, like, the red gear kind of current look. Right. Stupid. I don't care about that. And Corey Graves um, coming back to wrestle. They could be a mixed tag. <laughs> <laughs> they could, actually. I forgot. Um, Take then on there's the Roman couple. Reigns, which I think is like these are the kind of basics I do kind of like though, because it's a promo gear Reigns with a painted on shirt. Like nice. obviously, I think the cloth shirts are good because like whenever you have the painted on shirt, right, you're kind of limited to the torso, so it looks like it's like tucked in his pants or something. Right. But I do like that at least because like you you don't want a promo attire Roman Reigns for an elite, right? You want like a ring gear one. So I think that's act that's at least like a good use of a basic slot. Yep. So that's kind of cool. And speaking of, there's also a Miz in a suit. He doesn't come with sunglasses, which makes him look a little weird. But I think still, like, that's a good use of a basic slot, right? Because I guess, like, I mean, doesn't need to move a lot for right. A, exactly. I don't suit. think the articulation's great. So then I think that's a good way to get promo gear in if it's not like removable gear. Right. Um. There's a black and gold Dominic Mysterio, which the ring gear itself looks better than I thought. It's pretty like my thing with the basics mainly looks like is Sammy like, Guevara. It looks huh, it looks pretty good, but like a lot of the times with the basics, especially like the past few years they're so flat like there's no other than like paint details there's mm-hmm. no depth to them you know like the Damien, texture yeah, right and like the damien priestly i got like there's so much like sculpting and whatnot yep, it's nice and, like it's like it's it's freaking amazing but then you look at like these basics and like they're just so flat and, like plain like there's no texture to them like you right. said like uh the new elite charlotte it honestly looks like really flat like almost like a basic even right. just like there's nothing to it and finally, um, we did get uh, Noam Dar, so that's pretty nice. nice. He looks weird with the long hair, but You've become a fan of him. It's a Noam Dar. Yeah, I did get he some Noam Dar man. tires on 2K, so I did play. I've been playing some Noam Dar. He's fun. Yeah, um, that's probably the only time I'm I'm excited for a basic, other than the Swerve Scott that I got. Right. Because uh, all right. Although the difference is, I feel like Dar. This won't be Dar's only figure, so that's good. Um, and then the Chase variant is another promo gear reigns, but this time with like blue pants and a white shirt. So that's cool. Weird. Yeah. Um. I like. The, I wish they did the cloth white shirt because I think the white shirts are kind of an interesting look for him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Um. Then we got more images for Elite ninety three. Um. The most interesting one for me is of course the new Seth Rollins, um, from Mania, and he does have the rubber jacket, but they actually did show images where it's, so it's like this new rubber, and so you can actually bend his arms. Actually get in it the off jacket. of him. Oh, nice. And yeah, like it's like he's posable in the jacket. Remember. I remember you got me the Elite Balor with the jacket, and it's just the least movable thing yes. I've ever seen in my entire life. Yep. And I wish they included a long hair head from because he's just got the man bun head, which it looks solid, but he didn't even wear a man bun at Mania. Oh, my goodness. Details. Stupid, but I really like the gear. I'll probably switch the head off on if I want because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a really nice gear. So, yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, I think from the same show and same match, Cesaro, he's got a nice cloth jacket and stuff and now they're all double jointed elbows so i can get a double jointed elbow seth rollins exciting it, it is 
Um, and Cesaro's pretty nice. So I only have like one Elite Cesaro, and it's like kind of old. I think it's Elite 37, so mm-hmm. it's pretty old. Uh, T-Bar, and so, of course, Rollins only gets one man bun head, but T-Bar gets a mask and no mask head. Of course so he I is. Think they He's a big star. It's okay. even reused, but so that's kind of cool for him, Dijakovic. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez, that one's actually pretty nice, I think. Yeah, that looks good. Um, and then we got a loincloth cross, which just gross. Nice. Like it, they did a good job on it, but gross. Right. Um, and then also Ricky's Dragon Steamboat in white tights, which I think is pretty nice. And he's got the TV title from WCW, which is nice. Cool. And then there's a yellow tights version for the for Chase. the Chase variant. And uh, he's. I think the head looks less weird. I think in those other images they showed, he looked really weird, but mm-hmm. I think now he looks good. And then also Ultimate Edition 12 images. So there's Alexa Bliss from a current gimmick. Gross. You can like change out the shirt and whatever for stuff. And so she looks fine. But what I really like is the new Fiend. Um, it is from Mania 37. So he's got like the different mask and stuff. I think the non tongue face looks really cool. Yep. And then there's this one picture with the tongue out face that looks kind of funny to me. But I think it looks really cool. Um, that's a, If that's his last figure ever, that's a nice one to go out on. And I definitely want that one cool and that is it nice well, that's gonna bring yeah. us to the end of episode 80 um decent chance we'll do a royal rumble review right since yeah. it's a saturday show we could that, maybe that'll do be it fun tomorrow. to talk about yeah actually, could be yeah royal rumble i'm actually kind of excited i've been waiting all month it, it was weird it kind of snuck up on me you know it, yeah it, 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 the, melt, the month kind of felt long but then now it's like oh my god almost done so that's so yeah good. we'll probably come back down here and uh, talk about that in the next day or two Mm-hmm. And then we'll be back for sure on Saturday. We're actually not doing anything Monday either. So if, yeah, I if can't, we happen to wait till then. I can't imagine I'm going to work unless I miraculously recover. I'm starting to struggle. Well, and uh, it's like it's a culminating day still, right? So. I'm starting to struggle right now. I got to go stand up and move around a little bit and yeah. see what I can do. But anyways, thanks for joining us, taking some time out of your week to listen to us talk about wrestling. Check out, uh, keep an eye out for our Royal Rumble review. And definitely we'll be back here next Saturday with episode 81. We'll see you all then. And until then... Take care.